0: Welcome again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast, once again with your host, Alan. Um, So it's time for the previews, uh, the monthly previews podcast, where I try to go through the previews books, let everybody know what's coming up, just make it as easy as possible to know what's out there. Um, Obviously, with the previews books, everything is solicited two months in advance. So it's just important for us to know what people are looking forward to, and therefore we try to recommend the good stuff. Um, Now, usually I do this podcast uh, on my own. Uh, but I've sort of reached a point now where I don't want everyone to think my word is gospel and just read what I read you know we we have a really diverse range of customers and regulars in the store everybody reads something a little different so this month what I did was I actually asked a couple of the regulars who've become good friends uh first of all to choose the titles for the previews board and then they've actually very graciously agreed to appear on the podcast as well uh before I go any further I should say there was another one planned to be here today Brandon couldn't unfortunately make it he did pick a lot of the uh the dc titles but he picked some great stuff uh but we've got a few other guys uh around the table as well so uh again i'd like you like to help me welcome them. Uh, these are all guys who scarily enough just over a year i didn't even know these guys and now these are some of my best friends people we see on a regular basis almost every day in the store Aww. um so oh <laughs> yeah hitting all the soft spots here so uh yeah I'll just go around and introduce everybody so um uh, we'll start to my right with Keith uh I uh, have been
1: uh, reading comics for about thirty something years since uh, I think nineteen eighty four Secret Wars was my first mostly a Marvel guy but uh, over the past couple of years I've started branching out into a bit of DC and especially the of being...
0: in the last year yeah uh, <laughs>
1: that whole thing about word being gospel not not the truth. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so Keith is basically, he's our resident Marvel expert, like he will know, his his level of knowledge is is, par- is better than anybody uh, that comes into the store, so I got him to choose the Marvel uh, previews this month. Uh, also sitting to him, to his right, is Kieran and I am an alcoholic. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Kieran. Um, there is a beer in front of him, by is, the way. There is beer. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I was out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose any of the books because nobody trusts me now well Karen first started coming to the store mostly for Hellblazer comics and that's uh something he continues to enjoy even if it's too soon to mention that since the, the series ended recently. <laughs> Those are real tears. Um but we all have this running theory Vertigo's gonna, you know, relaunch a new one soon, but He'll be back. He'll be well he'll be back in Batman damned anyway, and first of all, but uh, I mean Hellblazer will be back should soon one day don't I'm don't cry too much
2: Just as dark as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> that extra um voice you just heard uh, is our last guest which is
2: uh steven i other than reading comics when i was younger i got recently back into comics two years ago uh found coffin heroes about a year ago and that really has uh enhanced my
0: my list of reading despite the fact he uh admitted to me that before he first came to the store he thought a comic book store and a coffee shop that'll never work (laughs) uh he recently admitted to me which is kind of fun Well, Uh, we'll see how it goes I should also say, the other half is here, Vicky, as well. She may or may not pipe up every so often. Hello. Um, we'll in. see. I'll, <laughs> she even waved for you there as well, which is kind of good. Um. But anyway, yeah, so just got introductions out of the way. As I say, it's what this should be is just a bit of a conversation, you, you know. someone. You forgot Fizz. Oh, I do beg your pardon. Fizz is here stealing my seat. This is uh, Keith's uh, lovable dog behind me. Stole my seat, so, you know. <laughs> anyway um yeah so as i say we'll uh we'll jump straight on to the previews as i say what i like this to be is just a bit of a conversation you know these are the kind of conversations we sit and have in the store and it's something we like to you know promote in the store a lot we like the idea of community we like the idea of people being able to air their views and you know you're not going to get shot down or laughed at or anything like that it's everybody has their own taste and uh Apart from the last Jedi, because it's just a piece of shit, but uh, <laughs> Brandon's not here. Not here. <laughs> he will listen to it, though and he will call me on it. I, 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 he should have been here. That would have been better because he would have been the only person I know he would have defended it. Um, so anyway, yeah, we will uh, move on to the uh, previews. We'll actually kick it up. I uh, will mix it up a little bit, and we'll start with Marvel this month. One Woo! one thing in the store I'm accused of slightly is being biased to DC. That's just simply because DC's better. Uh, that's not me being biased wait, 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 wait. at all. Marvel makes comics? Marvel do make comics as well as movies, believe it or not. Um, so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll turn you over to Keith first of all because he chose the Marvel previews this month. Um, again, similar format. Uh, we, we try to pick five titles. There is more, of course, beyond what we recommend and we'll maybe throw a few honourable mentions out there. But uh, these were the five, certainly the most that uh, Keith was looking forward to. So uh, take it away. Well we're not gonna get into the, the Marvel versus DC argument. There's an argument
1: uh, <laughs> Without Marvel you wouldn't have the comic show today. That's just that that's all there DC did it first. DC did it first? Marvel did it better. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, he, and here ends the podcast. <laughs> so my first choice from uh from the previews book is uh Uncanny X Men One, which is uh I guess Traditionally uh, the X Men have been made up of two titles, Uncanny X-Men and X Men. Uh, and more recently those have become X-Men Gold and X Men Blue. X Men Gold following the the regular team and X-Men Blue following uh, the the original five X Men who uh, Beast uh, brought forward in time from the sixties in order to show Cyclops and, and, and the other X Men how far they've gone from their original. Mm. Um Xavier's original dream mm-hmm. but uh, what they seem to be doing here with Uncanny X-Men 1 is is going back to that that pattern so this comes off the back of Extermination which was um, a, a five part series that uh, yeah. Ed Breeson uh, is currently putting out which seems to be uh, the tail end of that X-Men Blue story of the original five uh, whether or not they inevitably have to return to their original place and time in order for things to get back to the way they wear. Mm-hmm. Extermination itself <clears throat> is two issues in. It's already a great story. But this Uncanny X-Men 1 is the first of a 10-part weekly series. So it seems to be based off the same format that uh, recently took place in Avengers, relaunching Avengers, which is Avengers No Surrender, which was a 16-part series weekly. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. It was great. Really the best Avengers I've read in a long time. This seems to be doing the same thing. And the they've taken the name Disassembled, which was... Uh, an older Avengers story, Avengers disassembled, which led into the new Avengers and Bendis's run.
0: Um, back when he was at Marvel, back when he was at <laughs> before Marvel. he abandoned the sinking ship and came to DC. Well, you know, it changes as good as a holiday. Um, <laughs> so the series
1: that started it all with the X Men's background, know, the X Men, and um, it seems seems to start with a mysterious and tragic disappearance. Draws the X Men into what may be their final adventure. Multiple writers over the over the the ten issues: Ed Breeson, Kelly Thompson, Matthew Rosenberg, um, multiple artists. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, the, the The wraparound cover looks fantastic. It's got some real classic characters on it. Um, Jean Grey front and center there. Uh, Time Traveler Bishop. Uh, I I noticed that the original five X-Men from the X-Men Blue series are not present, mm-hmm. which may tell us something about extermination. But yeah, this is something I'm I'm really looking forward to. The X-Men books have been a wee bit wobbly, yeah, uh,
0: and I feel mm-hmm. like this might be the book that gets them back on target. Well, I mean, I would agree with that, with, certainly with X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. I'm glad you explained that to me, because I didn't really understand that mm-hmm. one of those is the X-Men, one of those is Uncanny. Because, as well as those, you have X Men Red, there's some X Men Black ones coming out soon mm-hmm. as well. Yep. X Men's something I would personally like to read more of, and I like this idea of it being simplified into one title, and we'll see what spins out of it. Um. Also, a little shout out with Matthew Rosenberg because I thought his first issue of Punisher was very, very ah, good stuff. Yeah. Um. Probably a world away from what X Men will be. In fairness, given the extreme level of violence of it, um, is it going to have multiple artists as well? Uh it
1: looks. It seems like to only
0: it's... state one and more, which is a little bit. Yeah. Is I mean, that just filling
1: artists? Do you it, think? It or? looks like we've got a, a list of variants here, which, mm. as you know, I'm not a massive <clears> fan of. Um. But. Uh, yeah I mean it looks like there might be a might be a rotating artist I'm sure there'll probably be a core artist uh, yeah. right there so uh, first issue seems to be super sized which is always nice Um, so let's
0: see where this goes yeah excellent what about you two X-Men fans uh, I'm, I'm looking at the team, and I, at first I didn't like it and then the longer I looked at it I went okay I can get behind this because mm. first you've got Jubilee which caught me eye because as you know I like Jubilee um, it's the first time I've like met you Karen I mm-hmm. don't know this so well, i mean Steve Steve so knows. just uh <laughs> but you know the on the, the cover that kieran's referring
1: to has uh bishop front and center night crawler uh yeah, psylocke gene gray storm uh beast iceman x23 jubilee and cannonball yeah. so I, I mean i don't know if that's the team because the wraparound cover has got everybody on it yeah but, you yeah. but, yeah. know that
0: that'll probably be the main one if that's not the wraparound
1: could be could be um issue two has a an all jamie madrox uh variant there and it looks like legion there on the cover of issue three so could be interesting could be interesting i have high hopes i have high hopes and if it if it follows the pattern that uh no surrendered it yeah uh which was a fantastic avengers book can't wait until that's traded. um
0: weekly comics are a strange one I've found since we've opened the store because obviously it's a big commitment weekly comic but at the same time you get a great flow with it mm. Um, mm-hmm. the most audacious one I ever read of course it's going to be DC related but it was Batman Eternal it was 52 issues over 52 weeks and it was a big commitment and rotating artists and I think it was too long um, because you lost a lot of the continuity because of the rotating artists mm-hmm. so I kind of hope with this the fact that it says uh Mahmoud Azrar and more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. they'll be doing, say, eight of the ten issues. You'll maybe have the odd fill-in artists. Because, yeah. again, a recent DC thing was No Justice. And issue three fell apart for me so badly because I love Francis Manapul's art. And the third issue was Riley Rossmo. Mm. And who's a great artist in their own right, but it just disrupted the flow of a four-part story. That can be the problem, I guess, with the weekly series is the strength of it
1: is, you know, you're not waiting four weeks between, you yeah. know, and you're losing track of maybe a yeah. story you're you're constantly on the story and that's kind of fulfilling but by the same token a change in artist can be can be really jarring yeah. you know what I mean so yeah we'll see how it I mean
0: yeah we, uh, I have high hopes cool so that's the first recommendation then so that's Uncanny X-Men uh, they're soliciting as far as the first three issues for that as long as it only stays as ten issues instead of well Jackson. you know yeah. Secret Empire was supposed to be it became ten. It's not exactly. I imagine ongoing. I imagine <laughs>
1: after ten it'll probably you know. Do- it'll, dovetail it'll into whatever the season, exactly, yeah. into the ongoing, the ongoing yeah, issues will be.
0: Absolutely. Cool. So that is the first one. So first Marvel title there. What have you got for the second one? Uh so the second one is uh Marvel Knights
1: twenty. Uh so this is the twentieth anniversary of uh, the original Marvel Knights imprint, which was launched in nineteen ninety eight, uh, by Joe Quesada, who eventually became the editor in chief of Marvel. Uh, so nineteen ninety eight was a was the year I would say an artist
0: Joe Quesada wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He did
1: yep. the Daredevil story with Kevin Smith. Didn't he? he did Guardian Angel. He did yeah. Uh, Guardian I, Devil. Yes, that's the one classic. So nineteen ninety eight was was a strange year for Marvel because that was the year that Marvel filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was sort of a big year. And what happened was. Uh, around that time I can't remember if it was a result of or whatever but they they created this imprint uh, and outsourced four titles Black Panther The Punisher Daredevil and The Inhumans to Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti's uh, company which was Event Comics Uh, Event hired the creative teams for the Marvel Knights line and Marvel published them um, but the idea was um that whenever you look at this now, the idea was that they were sent they were they were outsourcing some of their lesser known characters. Mm-hmm. Daredevil. Yeah, the Punisher. <laughs> you know what I mean? <coughs> These, those were lesser known characters uh at that time. Um Well they're clearly the
0: opposite of that well, now. Yeah. With the Netflix shows. I mean that's it. Um, some of Marvel's best known though. You
1: know, it ran Marvel Knights ran through those four core series, uh and there were limited series and ongoing series. Um and that so so that was 1998 it's obviously twenty years later. This is a, a 20 year celebration of that imprint and it's uh it's been celebrated by a six a six issue uh limited series um, again,
0: looks like it might be fortnightly yeah because they're uh, soliciting uh, for the first two issues so that could be a 490 uh, yeah, one okay I see. see uh, uh, writers listed are Donny
1: Cates who is currently Marvel's <laughs> golden boy oh yeah uh, yeah and yeah. I mean Donny Cates is doing some fantastic stuff uh, Venom um, Cosmic Ghost Rider Cosmic Ghost yeah. Rider best time yeah. all day long. <laughs> exactly. you know um. so he's and I believe am I wrong in saying that Marvel have yeah
0: yeah Tony Cates is i i look at him as the, the schneider of marvel he started out with some indie titles redneck uh, god country creator and stuff and then he came on to uh marvel he's been working he did a great run on thanos which then led to cosmic ghost rider he's taken over venom i mean i don't always know if it's the sign of quality but those issues of venom just keep shooting up in price so much, which you know, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine because I believe everything should be cover price. If it's certainly within the last year or two, you know, titles that go up within a week just really frustrate me, to be honest. Because some people just want to enjoy the story, you know, I'd rather keep the medium alive, but uh, slight digression there. But yeah, Donnie Kate's very much Marvel's Golden Boy, tied him down exclusively, and you only have to look through the previous book each month. He's always writing at mm-hmm. least three or four titles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to appear in my list a wee bit later, but.
1: Uh, he's listed as the writer for, for issue one for issue two Matthew Rosenberg with Donny like Cates Donny gets, is listed so maybe uh, he's
0: sketching out the, could the be format with different that. writers
1: yep. um, so I mean I guess part of the the Marvel Knights imprint was you know new teams taking on you know characters so it looks like they're doing the same thing here in celebration of the legendary imprint founded by Marvel CCO Joe Quesada a new crop of talent stands poised to tell a groundbreaking story across the Marvel Universe so uh, looking at the, the the teaser variant here, uh, I can see Black Panther, I can see Punisher, uh, I can see Karnak of the Inhumans, and I can see Daredevil there. So the uh, the the previews book here says, in the cemetery, the blind man does not know who he is or why he has come to this particular grave at this moment. He doesn't know the burly police officer with a wild story who has approached him, or a strangely intense man who sits in the rear seat of the pat- patrol car, his eyes flashing green. But all of that is about to change because Matt Murdock is beginning to remember. In a colourless world without heroes, the spark of light must come from the dark. So, I mean, I guess the blind man, Daredevil, is the police officer, Frank Castle, is the strangely intense man with the green eyes, is that uh, Karnak? Mm. I don't know. So it doesn't really give a lot away as to where the story's going, where it's coming from,
0: but uh, I'm certainly going to be picking that up. Because everybody here reads Daredevil, don't they? Nope. Uh, I no, do. no, no. Got the yeah. first volumes in the house. Okay, so <laughs> split straight down the middle there. I mean, <laughs> Daredevil is actually one of my favorite characters with Marvel. I I've, I've found in the last couple of years the best stories for Marvel, and maybe this is something you know Keith will disagree with because he's a big Marvel fan. But I find their best stories have been their quote fringe characters. You know, Daredevil, Hawkeye, Silver Surfer. These are all some of my personal favorite runs, rather than any sort of Avengers or X Men runs, that kind of thing. But the current Daredevil run was brilliant especially mm-hmm. a recent um arc uh, Mayor Fisk which was exceptionally good the where Wilson stuff, yeah. Fisk ended up mm-hmm. being mayor and he employed Matt Murdock as his deputy mayor at mm-hmm. one point brilliant story so mm-hmm. I can get on board any, any title Daredevils and I think he's actually underutilised in the MC uh, well MCU I was about to say there uh, <laughs> bleeding over in the movies I think he's underutilised in the comics I, I think Daredevils a more than interesting enough character to be in more than one title month mm-hmm. uh, I mean and um, the thing about Marvel Knights
1: is, it's it's slightly to the left of the six one six universe, so mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't necessarily take place completely <clears throat> in continuity. So this is why we're seeing this not in any way related to what's going on in the current Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Run, and you know this whatever this memory loss is or whatever. So, so Marvel the original Marvel Knights did take place out just outside continuity. You know yeah. you could you could, yeah, you know you could depend on the backgrounds and what was going on, but it was. It was always just outside, so,
0: so it looks like they're going with the same thing here. As a side note to that as well, I finally started watching all the Marvel shows, but I believe everyone else has actually seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Apart from the US season. Most of okay, you've all seen most, most Daredevil. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So I'm currently on Daredevil season two and immensely enjoying it. But um, what what was that, your point, that's... You know, would it on the cover for the is class. that issue two or it must be it's it's issue one? I think, I think that's issue one cover because I really like that cover and the first thing I said to Keith was, "Is Namor lost? Is he? Because you know, no, uh, I'm spotting There's the cage. Uh, is that Peter
1: Parker? That's Peter Parker. That's Tony Stark. There. Uh, that's the Julie. Phoenix. The Phoenix necklace around her neck. That must be Jean Grey. Yeah, that's Julie, Black, Panther. Black Panther. That's Steve Rogers.
0: That's not the Gambit Road at the Road back Road. with a card, is it? Gambit could well be, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So, uh, oh, we're a uh, storm there. So we're referring to what looks like the, so the cover those, of the it, first issue. Reed Richards there. Wonder if it's those just, will uh, be story
2: elements. Was be mm. Nick Fury. It just sort of looks like an eye-to-eye Yeah, it looks like yeah, an Well patch. spotted. Well spotted. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, not good. radio to be a point nine image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look up the cover. Uh, Look yeah, up the cover, people. Uh, yeah. It
0: looks like a who's who of the Marvel Universe. In fairness, uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Marvel show was great. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm just in the process. Just finished Jessica Jones season two, which was fantastic and i'm just in the process of luke cage season two which is great uh end of the last episode there uh there was a really good uh, really good piece of dialogue where uh you know he goes if you want to hire this hero you've got him you know i just referenced nice. the, the first reference to heroes for hire which was just you know what
0: was everyone's favorite marvel series so far
2: it has to be daredevil punisher season one or two both no
0: no no it was favorite season
2: uh, we have a spot here
0: that's, that's what we're here for say 2 series 2 wins Punisher Punisher,
1: Punisher uh, on its own. I don't know I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with Daredevil season 1 because of the start it all yeah started it all but I mean I think all of the all of the series have their own uh, strong points and their own identities yeah uh, I mean um, I think Iron Fist has probably been the weakest but I've got high hopes for Iron Fist season 2 mm-hmm. Um you know, Jessica Jones is that sort of P.I. vibe, that sort of Mike Hammer yeah. thing going on. Classic hard-boiled uh, noir. Yeah, you know, and Luke Cage, uh, you know, has that sort of um, black exploitation 70s sort of feeling in mm. some of the moments I think we've talked about where, you know, he's he's talking to, he's engaged in dialogue with a character and, you know, he'll turn away and the, the light will shine in Luke's mm. face and, the, and he'll have a, a wee moment of dialogue, mm. you know, a wee monologue. And in the background, you can see the guy's still talking, and then Luke will turn back, the light will change, and it'll be a bit straight back. and It was real, yeah, you know, those real classic things that Tarantino actually uses quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really I really think that they all have their own vibe and their own feel. Punisher was great as well, yeah. yeah. It was, he flew,
0: you know, spun out of Daredevil season two, so yeah, see, we're only a couple into it, as I say. We came late to the party, which is great because there's loads to watch, but I actually thought Jessica Jones is the best one so far, season one, mm. but Daredevil season two, if it. Is this good the whole way through because we're 7 episodes in? It will easily take the crown but um David Tennant. David Tennant was just phenomenal yeah. um as Purple Man. Um I mean he's clearly the best Doctor who as well. Uh, so much
2: better. <laughs> much better than Jessica Jones and Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was just triggering Stephen there given his well-known well-versed love of David Tennant as Doctor Who. Um I had, think he's uh, the
2: 12th best Doctor. 12th best? Yeah. He's no Tom Baker. That's all
0: I'm uh, saying. <laughs> anyway slight digression there um yeah so that's a uh, recommendation two so that's the marvel Knights 20th anniversary uh mini series uh so we're moving away from that on on to more classic marvel next we have next we
1: have avengers number 10 which um is marvel's legacy number 700 so at the the last of their many relaunches uh, they they changed the numbering again, but they've they've hung on to the legacy number in, in mm-hmm. addition to the the new numbering. So Avengers number ten is see, legacy. There's the cynical part of me that just thinks this is a sales play. Probably, probably I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily. I I
0: <clears> I, <throat> I like the legacy number because it appears because to me as a long. It's fan, been strange know? to me because see all of the. Like, Marvel in the last sort of six months have had lots of milestone issues. Mm. They've had Daredevil 600, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Exactly. They had uh, Amazing Spider-Man 800. They had Mighty Thor... I want to say seven, or was it... It's big. Mighty Thor had it was one as well. 700, back... yeah. I think it was 700. Um, and this is Avengers 700. And the thing is, Amazing Spider-Man 800 to me felt like a big event, because it was massive. Mm-hmm. It was almost like yeah. a graphic novel. Amazing issue. But Daredevil six hundred was just like a double issue. Yeah, were just a number on it. Go, oh, it's a big yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, I just, that's... I wish
1: they would make up their mind what they're doing with the numbering. Yes. I wish they would. You know, I can understand the the struggle. We want to get new readers involved, yeah, and big yeah. numbers scare away new readers. But that hasn't bothered action yeah. comics or detective comics. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, if anything, action comic sales have went up. Yeah.
0: Certainly for for our store anyway. Yeah,
1: so I, I, my my, you know, if I had had my wish it would be for them to go back to the the legacy number and just and stick with it but you know they yeah. messed it about. well you know what I mean well, yeah. whatever
0: you know but uh, I guess so 700 I, I love celebrate, celebration issues don't get me wrong I mean I, I kind of like the anthology style with the issues I quite enjoyed Action 1000 because it gives loads of creators on board Um, I just hope with this they do something cool with it mm. you know and it's more in line with Amazing 800 than Third level six hundred. Yeah, for agreed, example, agreed. I mean, so uh,
1: Jason Aaron is the writer on the this new fantastic of Avengers I mean, I've been reading uh, Thor since God of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jason Aaron. I think he is part part Viking, like you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, part part as guardian, but uh, so he that's some of the best Thor I've ever read. Yeah. Um, uh, real epic epic stuff from the god butchers through Lane through god of thunder through the the whole you know the whole arc of lady thor which was fantastic um so jason and uh he also writes a number of independent titles
0: yeah i mean jason iron for me writes one of my probably top five image titles unfortunately because he's so integral to marvel's success it's now very slow in coming out but he writes a series called southern bastards Brilliant. which is worth reading just for the first trade alone how that first trade ends Masterclass in storytelling oh, and, yeah. and expectations of where you think the story's gonna go. I'm doing a complete one eighty. Yeah. Um. I absolutely love Southern Bastards, but yeah, it's slightly suffering because since we've opened, we've been open a year, three months now. I think there's been four issues. It's just been mm. so delayed, which is a shame. Mm. But you can understand because yeah. he's so vital yeah. to Marvel. You yeah. know he's one of their top guys as well. Uh.
1: So yeah. So Jason Iron has been has been writing Avengers. The team consists of, uh, Cap, uh, Thor. Uh, who is still unworthy and does not have Mjolnir, uh, so he's uh, he's got a whole range of uh, uh, dwarves. You know the mm-hmm. uh, the guys who featured in the the Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. So these guys are just pumping out hammers. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and they're not as they're not made of very metal, so he goes through them very very
0: quickly. I mean, he's like, no hammer. You know, it's one of the covers of the recent Thor ones is Thor spinning the hammer but it's all yeah, different it's, it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. so, uh
1: so Thor uh, and again he still has his he's still one arm but he still has his, his fake arm his uh, golden arm um, Iron Man who? Uh, <laughs> your favourite uh, She-Hulk who uh, I guess I haven't caught up in the She-Hulk series but she seems to be suffering from She-Hulk used to keep her intelligence Jennifer Walters, used to keep her intelligence when she hogged when she out yeah, yeah. and now she is massive and more hogged out and does not keep her intelligence uh,
0: You know, uh, so she's a bit rougher and uh, driven by uh, emotion and anger so great dance slot run on She-Hulk really really excellent so it's only I think it was only 12 issues or something like that but it was very good Black Panther's in there, uh, Captain
1: Marvel's in there, obviously ahead of the release of her movie, mm-hmm. and Ghost Rider Robbie Ray's, the, the most recent Ghost Rider who is. The lesser uh, one. A little lesser. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't I, don't agree, I guess, you know, he's, uh, he's more. Uh, he's all about cars and not motorbikes, and, you know, but he, he and he's the. In the team that consists of the big three uh, and others, he's the amateur member. He's the. The cyborg and Justice League. Uh he's the Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the the young guy. Um But anyway, um seven hundred issues. Uh the Avengers have been saving the world for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, you'd think that would be a cost for celebration, but it seems, but like it a
0: seems... Uh, the whole it, it's going back to the legacy number. I saw a, t- a tweet on Twitter about Spider Man and it was like five hundred issues. A tweet on Twitter. Twit, 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 mm-hmm. on Twitter and it was Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man number one the blah 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 then it cut the like Superior Spider-Man number one but yes it's part of the same continuity but it's a different title Yeah. so don't yeah. keep the same number Yeah. if you're going to drop a title don't go back to so, the old number because there has been a lot of them close together because I think yeah. Iron Man hit 600 recently as yeah. well Yeah. because yeah. um, it, it, it's they've worked out how to do it because it's went to like oh we've got so many issues of this run then the next run was a different artist different title but it was still the same continuity, but it's so many issues with this. I I think Spider-Man's okay because ultimately it was one writer for 10 years. And I mean, the thing was, that was his arc.
1: That Amazing Spider-Man, the title went in hiatus while Superior Spider-Man yeah, ran and then yeah, yeah. whenever Peter Parker came back went back to Amazing yeah. Spider-Man again I, he changed the numbering but, I feel yeah. like
2: it's not as if they moved on from Superior Spider-Man if you if you read the currently Amazing yeah. Nick Spencer Amazing Spider-Man yeah, yeah. run it's constantly referencing yeah. stories that happened yeah, so it's nice. yeah. part of the work same work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's all part of the same continuity and yeah.
1: to some now, whenever they started the the legacy renumbering in every one of those issues they, they showed you how they worked yeah. out uh, you know, and some of them I agreed with, and some of them I disagree with. Yeah, that's a saying. Some of them aren't. So, don't yeah, seem like they're right. Exactly, you know, but uh, but whatever. Know, it, is, it, is. <laughs> it is. what It is. But anyway, uh, instead of a celebration, it seems the whole world is is gunning for the Avengers, uh, especially Namor's uh, fearsome new defenders of the deep, and the reimagined Russian super soldiers of the Winter Guard and that's not to mention the shocking uh, surprise the US government has in store for heroes plus the all new agents of Wakanda the mystery of uh, Avengers of 1 million BC deepens and a key revelation concerning the resurrection of Wolverine and the next startling new
0: Avenger is revealed so I mean I, that uh, again this comes to me just from the main thing that jumped out at me there and interests me is the 1 million BC Avengers. Has there ever been anything, maybe I'm wrong on this, (laughs) ever since Marvel Legacy number one on that? Because that looked like the standout. That's what I wanted to read. There has. So (laughs) I take it you haven't been
1: reading Avengers? No. No. Okay, so... They, as in you fairness, say, Keith has just pulled up the latest issue, and it has. Is this issue? Seven? I mean, come on, yeah. it's, it's like mammoth on it the has, mammoth. It has, <laughs> It's an on
0: fire mammoth. It has a <laughs> prehistoric ghost right? rider riding a mammoth on fire, and it's probably one of the single best covers I've seen in a long time. That is why we read comics.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're not seeing that anywhere else. <laughs> no. But has that been a through line through? Yeah. The so, time? so the the story in Avengers up until now has been to do with the celestials mm-hmm. uh, so it started with a whole bunch of dead celestial corpses celestials are massive they're yeah. they're yeah. elder gods of the marvel universe um, it was a great story that involved logi uh, Logie who originally was behind the formation of the avengers back way back when uh so uh, that was kind of cool and it referenced uh avengers 1 million bc which included uh, odin uh, the original Phoenix, the original Iron Fist, the original Black Panther, um, yeah, the original Ghost Rider on Flavor <laughs> uh-huh. <Mama>. uh, <laughs> You know. So, Such an
0: amazing... So yeah, it cut uh, it back... The, so they have been. They have been. That's not Cosmic yeah. Ghost Rider going back in time or anything. Is it? No, that's no, what no, they no, should no, be. No,
1: definitely not. Uh, I, I wouldn't put a pass on kids. But uh, he's going to be jealous of that
0: man, I'll let's be honest. But uh, oh, so many spoilers I want to throw out yeah. there for Cosmic Ghost Rider three, <laughs> it, which I'm not
1: going to do. So, so the Avengers of one million BC have been featured in Avengers since
0: uh, Marvel Legacy. Legacy yeah. Legacy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, looking forward to this. Should be a bit just, of I always thought that was going to launch at some title. Mm. you know because it just looked really Mm. interesting
1: don't put it past Jason Oren this is clearly Jason Oren's you know he goes I want to write something that's a wee bit
0: you know Mm. mythical or you know so yeah
1: yeah, it's interesting I don't think they're finished with the Avengers
0: of 1 million BC clearly well Uh, well, hopefully what I would say for this Avengers 700th anniversary issue I hope that this acts as a jumping on point for people one of the things we try to do with this podcast is We don't want to just recommend number ones and number ones and number ones because we don't always know if that series is going to be good or not. But we do like for ongoing series. I mean, if someone walked in and saw Avengers 10, they'd think, do I have to read the first nine? We're we're always trying to pick up um, jumping on points for people and hopefully that's what this will be. It'll be a big issue. It'll simplify some things. It'll set up future conflicts. So what I'm really hoping with this is that they use the legacy numbering in a way because this is what they didn't do with Daredevil. It was just another issue. But hopefully with this, what they will do is actually set up a great new starting point for people to jump on Avengers. Because I'll be honest, I read the first couple of issues of Avengers of this run and then I sort of jumped off it. But now I see a prehistoric Ghost Rider on top of a mammoth and I want to read that shit. (laughs) So um, I kind of feel bad jumping off because I really want to jump on it again now. So hopefully that'll be a good jumping on point, that 700th uh, anniversary issue. I'd take that uh, Art Adams variant if you don't mind. (laughs) This is the same man who said he didn't like variants 20 minutes ago. <laughs> okay alright you're taking this back now yeah. <laughs> it's
1: multiple so, it, looks like, uh, it looks like there's a fair run of, uh, of variants
0: there's a lovely Alex Ross oh Marvel never miss an opportunity yeah, X-Men X-Men variants, but... to throw 9
2: million variants
0: yeah Alan Davis I almost found those variants very strange yeah. it's like here's the Guardians of the Galaxy variant for you know Cosmic the Immoral Hulk here's, the, like, Deadpool. There's here's there's the Deadpool, here's the Deadpool variant of everything well yeah. Cos- you, you'll, you'll use Slider. any excuse to rag on Deadpool Cosmic Ghost I had variants for like every run Cosmic Ghost that sounds cool it's, it's, it's a good run, though. <laughs> look at that. There's a, lovely, there's a
1: lovely Alex Ross cover there. with. Uh, I don't with... think
0: there's ever been an, yeah, yeah, a no, not lovely know. Alex Ross cover. But look at that.
1: Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the big three. Clasping hands on yeah. the all near.
0: Fantastic. I was kind of wondering, just as a final point on this, is Thor reaching out for his hammer there on the main cover? Or is he like... He's reaching <laughs> out for Marvel Captain Marvel. In yeah. Or maybe he just No yeah, idea. No idea. I'm... Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm sort of ready for Mjolnir to to come back and yeah. Thor to be worthy again. That whole that whole story, um, uh, God, which which I can't even remember which limited series it was. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Nick Fury whispered something in Thor's ear that uh, that made him unworthy, uh-huh. uh, which has since been revealed. But uh, it was a great story, um, and it led into the you know the Lady Thor yeah. uh, thing and Thor just becoming a raven alcoholic and losing an arm and. Uh, just not being you know so uh, the unworthy Thor uh, so I think um, I think is, uh, the whole time now Thor is trying to prove his, his worthiness yeah uh, and get back to being you know the the Odin son
0: God of Thunder cool so that's Avengers number 10 slash 700 there's yep. no way to say it without it sounding complicated no it's not there's not but uh, no the main title will be Avengers number 10 so um, yeah so that's uh, Marvel pick number 3 we move on from there to number 4 which is going to be...
1: Uh, so, number four is going to be Immortal Hulk. Uh, it's number
0: eight. Once again, uh, those Alex Ross covers. Yeah, oh,
1: fantastic stuff. Especially like,
0: so, number nine.
1: Uh, Immortal Hulk, uh, it's uh, a lot of the, the stories, it's number eight now, uh, and a lot of the stories have been sort of one-shots or, you know, done in two sort of stories. Uh, Al Ewing is doing something with the Hulk that hasn't been done since the very very start of the Hulk and that's make the Hulk horror yeah uh, you know the horror of uh, of rage and the, the horror of a man turning into a monster and knowing this monster is always inside him mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because you don't see too much of the Hulk so whenever the Hulk appears yeah. it's an event in every issue you know what I mean and he's uh, whatever's happening is coming off the back of uh, Hawkeye having killed Bruce Banner mm-hmm. uh in the um Secret Empire really? storyline, um. No, no goes, that
2: goes back further. That's Civil War Two. Oh, was it Civil War Two? Yeah, War II. sorry, mistake. I, I Steven's
0: favorite story, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Civil uh, War Two. Yeah, well, Steven's only person. Nobody's ready. favorite story. But uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, what happened <laughs> is it seems that two Bruce Banners, Bruce Banner had arranged this. Uh, hit on himself with Hawkeye that if it looked like Hulk was gonna go out mm-hmm. he had given uh Bruce uh, he'd given Hawkeye a, a specifically made arrowhead that, you know, told him exactly how to kill him, you know, just before he would transform into the Hulk, which which Hawkeye did, but to Bruce's horror, uh, the Hulk appears to be unkillable. You know, he comes back, he dies and he comes back. He just you just can't he's a model, comes back stronger you know as the well. and the comic yeah. character died and came back? What's that? A <laughs> comic character died. Then he came oh, he, he does it multiple times throughout the series. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all Bruce Banner wants to do is die, and not 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 have this creature inside of yeah. him anymore. You know, when he'd rather he'd rather die, and and now he's 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 cursed with immortality, and always having this the horror of this creature. Inside Hence him, the maybe. title, the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, you know. So Al Ewing's doing some great stuff. Joe Bennett's art is very reminiscent of uh, the E. C. Comics, mm-hmm. the old E. C. Horror comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're using some real classic stuff. There's a real fifty sort of throwback to it. Yeah. Uh it's great. Uh, it's a great series, and a, you know, I guess any issue at this stage could be a jumping on point because yeah. say they're, they're doing Wings, shots you know, and so forth. Uh, and they've got a great. uh Mar. What Marvel always do well
0: is the introductions to the. Previously movies. on. Yeah, yeah, previously yeah, it's almost like the, a TV yeah, show exactly. the way they introduce theirs. You know, so in fairness. Um. But yeah, I I jump on board this title as well. I've been loving it. It's the Hulk obviously most people's exposure to the Hulk now is through Thor Ragnarok or through the Avengers he's almost played as a comedy character now uh-huh. and uh-huh. this is the complete antithesis of that yep. and I, I've adored this from the start I pushed it really hard when it was coming out um, the first issue of it so anybody else been reading it? nope no. that's, 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 we really need to do our research before we do this it's just going to be me and Keith reading everything so, and uh, so just the, you wait until we hit the DC part people just wait so the, the byline for this
1: is, is creepy in itself Bruce yeah. Banner is dead his corpse has been dissected his organs cataloged and his inner workings are being studied by the scientists of Shadow Base. Bruce Banner is no longer a threat
0: that just leaves the immortal Hulk I mean, you just look at the cover alone, it has Hulk's head upside down in a jar, and his whole body in different, but yeah, just goes yeah. back to the horror elements, and uh, I really recommend jumping on this title, guys, if you haven't already, because it is, it's totally different to the rest of the Marvel output as well, you know, it stands pretty much in its own, there's not really another title like it, Um. so yeah, that was uh, recommendation number four, and that was The Immortal Hulk. Which leads us to a character you're going to hear a hell of a lot about in the next six months, I would say, based on Oh, Steven's perking up Happy days Um, I, I mean, it's a character you're going to hear more about for, obviously, there's a movie coming soon but also this is something that is gearing up for a 30th anniversary of a character mm. So, next title is Well, I mean,
1: I can't believe that Venom is 30 years old uh, That's crazy to me yeah. um, First time I discovered Venom was there was a like a UK reprint, of uh, they used to reprint, so back in the, the, the golden days of Spider-Man, um, they used to uh, have Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, and there used to be a book, uh, it was in the same format as your standard comic-sized book, but it was like that thick every yeah. month, called The Complete Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I used to pick it up at the newsagent, and so the first story I saw Venom in, it was, I mean, I guess Venom, what, 30 years old, what year is it now, that was? Idiot. Yeah, idiot, so that's crazy. Um, so, so just I, a reprint of
0: Amazing Three Hundred wasn't it? Yeah, I I I, I can't, know a, I can't can't it, was a nine, but... it was a great. It was a great
1: story. It was I caught it at the tail end, but it was uh, Peter Parker effectively tricked uh, Venom, who you know hated him from uh, back to the back of the post Secret Wars, the saga of the Black Costume. So as I said, I get into comics through Secret Wars, and that classic Secret Wars seven where uh, you know the. Uh, spider-man gets the black costume mm-hmm. so then reading this you know at that time he didn't there wasn't no, there weren't class comic shops like coffee and heroes where you were picking up your issues every week or every month and you know so you were do that you, you were you were you were picking up comics and news agents uh you know and you were picking up random issues you know what i mean so then whenever complete spider-man came around you were like oh cool so maybe maybe uh this was maybe six eight ten years later i'm seeing this complete Spider Man and I'm seeing this venom and I'm making the connection between, you know, the, the black, black suit, suit from Secret Wars and mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. then I picked up the saga of the Alien Costume, which is class, you know, about, you know, Peter realizing that the alien costume is a symbiote and it's feeding on his sense of responsibility you know, all of that good that's a classic. That's a fantastic mm-hmm. book. Fantastic. You can get it in trade. Uh but so now thirty years later we have uh, as I say, I saw this character in Complete Spider Man. Must have been maybe nineteen ninety to some early nineties, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so so now to see this thirty years later that he's still going. Obviously, he's got the movie coming out with Tom Hardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that's going to be like, you know. But um, this has been written by Donny Cates. Um, Him again. <laughs> and again, yeah, um, the the story of it's it's set at number eight. Um, the story so far has been pretty awesome. He what Donny is doing is he's pulling out a mythology for Venom uh about you know the the planet of symbiotes you know that that the venom symbiote is like a damaged uh like uh aberrant type of symbiote there's no no others like that particular symbiote uh there's this whole story about the god of symbiotes you know and uh it's great you know and uh, it, it flips back into one of not this particular symbiotes host but host of other symbiotes who were soldiers in Vietnam mm-hmm. and all of this cool stuff. Like so he's really building into mythology and uh, Venom's discovering new abilities of the you know, it's it's a new connection with the symbiote, the the dialogue that they have mm-hmm. between them. You know, his other, Eddie Eddie Brock's other. Um so uh so this is leading into I think what looks like it's gonna be a uh a summer next summer's Venom epic. Yeah. You know what I mean, to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary. Um you know so it's called it's called the abyss i mean it, it maybe isn't a jumping on point but i guess i wanted to pull this out just to recommend venom yeah as as a series uh it, I, whenever the first issue came up i didn't put up my pull list mm-hmm. i picked it up to try it the first three issues i picked up to try and after three third issue I went i can't i can't find it anymore just need to put this in my pull list. Mm-hmm. so donny cates um iban coelho as the artist um great stuff uh definitely worth picking up picking up the first eight
0: and trade if you can get them and maybe jumping on with this um. well the first issue alone's is up to a fourth printing the second issue is on to a third printing the third mm. issue is on to a third printing to be honest this is pretty unprecedented certainly in comics that aren't Batman for lack of a better term <laughs> because um, Batmans do tend to get quite a few printings, like things Batman's, like White Batman's, Knight, Batman? Batman. Yeah. Uh, but you, <laughs> think of you think of something like White Knight went through, tons of reprints. Such you know, a book. Doomsday yeah. Clock has had tons of... These big event books, and Marvel haven't really had an awful lot of us. Their titles sell well, but this is the first one I've seen since we've been open that just... It's like second printing, third printing, fourth printing. Mm. Just keeps rattling them out, and people just keep picking it up, so... And it's... Um, uh, it's great
1: to see Eddie Brock back as the back as the host. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Eddie Brock was the the original host of Venom after Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh it was his his hate of uh his mutual hate so Eddie Eddie hated Peter because Peter exposed him as a as a fraud, as a as a fraud journalist, as a fraud uh, mm-hmm. and the symbiote hated Peter for rejecting him. You know what I mean? So that those two together. So he's the original host. They've obviously been through the the symbiote's been through a number of hosts including yeah. Uh Matt Gargan, who's the guy we know as the Scorpion. Yeah. Uh he became the host of Venom um during uh, later Thunderbolts run. Yeah. You know, really twisted and really twisted uh the symbiote. Uh he was attached to a, like a gangland killer for a while, mm-hmm. an assassin, he was attached to Flash Thompson mm-hmm. as Silverate. Agent Venom. Flash Thompson uh, agent venom, but, yeah. I mean so I mean and Flash <laughs> Flash taught the, the symbiote certain things, mm-hmm. you know, became Venom the Space Knight and all that cool stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, having Eddie Brock back, who's the original host, and he's now trying to understand how these various hosts and have affected the symbiote and the symbiote's sort of mental well-being uh, in a way, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's really cool stuff. It's really really brilliant stuff. So I'd highly highly recommend it. I think highly you just res- sold
0: me on. To be honest, yeah, we'll get you on. You know, I know a story and get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, where's, where's that me, I have a problem with it though. What's that? Donnie Cates came. You saw this. I sent this to you. He said that it was better than Watchmen. There is no book that's better than Watchmen.
2: I mean, you haven't read Venom, so...
0: Yeah, but I've read so, one. So you, yeah, but you can't make that statement if you haven't read it. I, a I, Marvel book can't be better than Watchmen. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I am highly suspicious that it could be better than Watchmen, because Watchmen is the third best comic of all time. But, um, well, I say third best. I don't know. <laughs> never Returns is my personal yeah. favourite of all time. And I would genuinely, genuinely put Court of above it. Mm-hmm. They make these statements. I mean, John Lennon, but John Lennon was bigger than Jesus. But I mean, they only made that statement, did they, because he actually met Almer just yeah. before the Bedford Comic Con recently. Um, and I think he, was, he even said, like, oh, I'm even representing, because he had a wee Venom pin on in the photo with Almer. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like it's going to be a big year for Venom. I mean, as I say, they're they're pumping out this quality title. I'm slightly wary of the movie. I've talked in earlier podcasts about... I'm highly suspicious if this movie's going to be any good. Um, what's everyone else's thoughts on it since they saw the trailers? We'll, we'll start on this side because Keith and I are doing all the talking. Um, the you,
2: trailers are getting better and better. You're seeing a bit more of... The acting style, like, not so much the writing, the acting, but how the Mm -hmm. writing is, how the actors are portraying that writing. You're getting a better look at Venom himself, and, you know... I don't like the effect of Venom.
0: It's just, I know there's no way to make an eight-foot-tall black alien symbiote look realistic, essentially. Especially especially when you have five-foot Venom,
2: uh, sorry, Tom Hardy. Yeah. You know? I mean, the thing thing is... Tom Hardy only 5 foot. It must he's be about
0: always, five. Something. He's five. He's a wee he tiny go bit go taller than Tom Cruise, I think. Five six. But yeah, I mean, I I want the movie to be good, and I love Tom Hardy, yeah. and I really like Michelle Williams, and I hope it's good. But I don't know. I'm just. It's five nine. Five minutes so, Wow. Yeah. There go. It's not that small. It's my height. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know Tom yeah. Hardy looks a lot bigger on the screen. Yeah. Um. What about you? I'm hopeful. It's stemming back to because Venom was my favourite villain when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's stemming back to that I'm not the biggest Venom fan at the minute but it's stemming back that I kind of need it. It's because I- Spider-Man 3 burnt me. Because it was supposedly I, Venom. I, I thought... Okay. Oh, 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 wow. Wow. <laughs> but, but do you not think... I don't know. I almost think the effect... I haven't seen the full movie yet obviously of course. Yeah. But I think the effect of Venom... In Spider Man Three is better than the effects we've seen but we've so seen far the trailer. in the trailers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Plus, turd in, be, turd, be, in be, turd in the Wind, Turd in the Wind. See for all this fuck finished. Batman stuff on Titans, Turd in the Wind. Yeah. I'm gonna eat you, like, or what? What's the line again? He's speaking um, to the shopkeepers like, I'm gonna, you know, bite off all your limbs or something, so yeah, they fly like a turd in the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I just don't know what they're aiming for with Venom. Because one minute it looks like it's going to be an R rated dark horror. Yeah. And the next minute it looks like it's going to be a PG thirteen. Fort jokes maybe it's never going to be as good as the Venom short film it's, a, it's on YouTube it's, I yeah. think it's like
1: 10-15 minutes long and it's, it's great it's never going to be as good as the Venom uh, saga from the 90s animated Spider-Man, Spider-Man cartoon, yes. yeah. that's why I like Venom so yeah. much yeah. Uh, it's it's uh... I guess Venom I don't know. I, I don't as you know, I don't really I like don't like spoilers, so I yeah. I I watched the first trailer and I haven't watched any trailer since then. Yeah,
0: I've, uh, I've only watched them yeah. before movies in cinema. Yeah. I haven't yeah, actively yeah. searched them out so
1: I I thought it was kinda interesting. I don't think you can have a Venom movie without Spider Man in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh which is kinda cool. Yeah. Um you know, and the current the current Spider Man is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know uh they obviously are gonna have to twist the origin a bit because we don't have secret wars yes. uh so you know unless uh well i guess there's a is there like a lab based uh origin yeah, or something
0: it's, like I think it's got all the symbiotes apparently right so. and, and okay, they're experimenting so. on people yeah you know
1: so I'm, i mean I'm, I'm okay with that you alter these things for the marvel cinematic universe
0: uh, for me which
2: is, is Venom a part of the MCU yeah it's part the, of the MCU but
0: the Sony MCU there's like Sony's oh, yeah. side of it where it's, which is like part, a part Netflix, of that deal it's yeah, like but at the same like time Spider-Man Homecoming is the Sony side but it's also MCU side yeah, yeah but this so seems this is where it gets a little tricky just seems I it's, don't
1: know the look of it and the feel of it just yeah. seems a wee bit more Sony I, than MCU I MC think it's, it's, it's going to be like the Netflix type Tom of thing Tom
0: Holland not spotted on the set of this know. so if he's in Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, well, yeah. he's not in Infinity War anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> it's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of rumors. See, this is the rumor why they don't know whether it's going to be PG thirteen or R rated. Because apparently they want Spider Man to be in it, but Spider Man can't be in an R rated movie, or something. Oh, I don't know. Well, we Spider Man can't it be in an yeah. R rated movie. Peter Parker, on the other hand. Wow. Well,
1: <laughs> maybe that's true. I I can't see how they're you know the the feel of the Spider Man movie. You know, was very uh, full color and very yeah. Yeah. lighthearted, and you know, I I can't see how they're going to mesh those two things. Yeah, those two you styles. I mean? together. and although Infinity Gauntlet was or Finley War was 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 a little bit darker. You know, when he featured there, it was still colorful. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the trailer for Venom has been very dark, and very shadowed. Yeah. I mean, Tom Hardy's fantastic. Tom Hardy's one of the best around. I mean, uh, I future James Bond. Future, future James Bond after Ertus Elba of course um,
0: and after Daniel Craig decides to give up after the 10th time
1: aye yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, Tom Hardy Piggy Blinders his, his role as the you know the, the, the Jewish gangland beggar in Piggy Blinders was just fantastic mm. um he was in some Dunkirk, uh, Dunkirk Mad, Mad, Mad Max, Mad Max um, Inception. One of the really best. Inception, ones. yeah, absolutely.
0: Kieran really wants to pull out his being impression here. Anyway, that is anyway. uh,
1: that's Marvel done. I think I've taken up enough of your uh, your time. So not at all. Next,
0: um, yeah. So that we'll just take a quick pause and uh, we'll come back after this and we will discuss DC next. So that's Marvel. <laughs> Okay, so we're back again, and this time we'll move on to the uh, DC portion of the previews. So DC is, uh, these ones have actually been picked by Brandon, who, as I say, unfortunately couldn't uh, make it today. Um, luckily enough, you've got Keith outnumbered here by 3 to 1 in terms of DC over Marvel so uh, <laughs> there's more than enough people here to step in have you seen how many DC books are in my, my well that's only because you started coming the Coffin Heroes uh, when you first arrived I think you had like it's three been. DC books I think I DC think more we more need more I more think we need to clear this up I think we need to clear
1: this up so total respect <laughs> for DC okay DC started it okay well cave painting started it but, uh, <laughs> even know. when he's trying to give dc but, props uh, for starting it he goes earlier dc started it but have i don't you not? think i don't think any of us can disagree that that the, what marvel did got it. that what marvel did <laughs> in the 60s changed the face of comic books that we probably wouldn't have he, the same popular comic no, books now without no. stanley and uh, without spider-man and Totally changed the face. I don't think there I would, would be a ac- DC. I would agree Marvel. with that
0: to a point. I respect both companies equally. I just personally enjoy DC stories more. And the I, I as good as Marvel is and can be, there's no one single character that is engaging to me personally as Batman, and that's just where Like if Marvel had Batman, Marvel would be better. Marvel's also of Batman? That was always <laughs> Marvel does have Batman. So Karen's had a beer. We should also <laughs> state we're having a beer while we're doing this. We we'll have, um, we'll have a mood in it. No, I I, I respect. I it. I don't think there would even be as healthy an industry these days if both of these companies didn't exist. Uh, because they they yep. push each other yep. to be better and. Yep. But everyone will. We're we're tribal species by nature. We always like to say one is better than the other, or. You know this sports better than the other. or This team's better than the other. Or this comics better than the other. No sports is good. So if any, if you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're gonna move on to DC anyway. But no, the, the what I was just the point I was sort of making so we're is going to move on to DC. I do think that I can be biased to DC, and I probably get a lot of people on the DC. But I hope that they enjoy it. But anyway, yeah, right, we're done. Uh, so anyway, I'll I'll let Stephen sort of shepherd uh, this one. Uh, as I say, he's gonna be going through the picks that Brandon made, but then he might actually throw in a few of his own towards the end as well. So, take it. away, dude. We
2: miss you, Brandon. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah like Alan says these are mainly Brandon's picks of the DC previews book but to be fair they're very similar picks as to what I would have chosen personally uh, first pick we got up is ongoing it is Batman 58 and 59 here have been Let's start dedicated. off with
0: Batman what a shock <laughs> do DC own any other heroes or is it just, just if, you, if your title's failing on the DC side just throw Batman into it
2: yep that's the, that's the general
0: consensus with DC's marketing
2: uh, but yeah, it's issues 58 and 59, which it's is coming up almost 10 issues after the wedding issue. But we're still feeling the fallout of what's going on. Um, see, still that, hurts, doesn't it, Stephen?
0: See, see, this is where it gets interesting because I don't personally read an awful lot of the solicits for my favorite titles. So Stephen's just sort of dancing around the content of this. Because he doesn't want to throw in any spoilers, which is fair enough. Batman's a fortnightly title, so yeah. it's inevitable with this. You know, ordering two months in advance, there's going to be spoilers. I mean, what I can see is a pretty sweet looking cover. Um, the bat suit, very dark now. returns. This hush, almost hush ish, for the uh the style of suit. Did you, did you say, I know. Cheers, that, that took a bit of practice. Um, and we've got penguin in the background, which excites me because Tom King's doing his best to go through the whole um the whole villains gallery yeah. and Penguin's not one we've we've seen so far
2: No, Penguin's a character we've only really seen in the, the background of stories like the War of, War of Jokes and Riddles uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm led to believe he's appeared in a few other of the uh, Bat-related DC Rebirth titles but never the actual Batman title itself yeah. so like Alan said I'm really dancing around <laughs> with the story content other than the <laughs> fact that it's uh, a Penguin-oriented story there is in the background of this image a very sinister looking uh character. Don't know who that is. It could be an older villain of Batman's or Tom King could be introducing a new villain. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. It's the start of a new story arc for Batman, which is always the, the better jumping on points as well. Yeah. Like Alan says, it's not always number ones, it's the start of new story arcs. So
0: You just can't go wrong with Tom King's run, I think, so far. I mean he caught a lot of flack for issue 50. Um, I think that person was more down to DC's advertising department than, you know, Tom King's storytelling. He's always stated this is a 100-issue arc. And the biggest compliment I can personally give it is that, you know, I finished my reading pile last night, maybe eight or nine titles, and the first thing I picked up when I was going to sleep, or before I was going to sleep, was uh, I have started reading Batman Rebirth from the start again because there's such deepness and richness there and forward planning. I really wanted to go back to the start. But well, I did make this uh comment earlier in the uh store and Keith immediately put me to rights saying, Oh, you can read that shit again. You're That's like, not what I said. <laughs> you can read that again, but yeah, still haven't read Invincible. Uh but I may leave his apartment tonight, which is where we're recording this, with the Invincible compendium, so you know. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's it's tough to do the DC Solicits every month or the DC Previews and not pick a bad title because... Mm.
2: There are so many. Th-
0: there are so many, but they're all great quality. I mean, Two, I can't pick out a bad one from the last six months to a year. You know, you think of White Knight, you think of Brave and the Bold, you think of the main bat title, you think of his prominence in Doomsday Clock which was originally advertised as a Superman, Dr. Manhattan Um The Deathstroke run's been really good with, you know, the whole who's Damien's father. I'm led
2: to believe Creature of the Night's very good. Creature yeah, of the Night's. We still don't have it, it has, before. It has
0: a shipping schedule worse than Doomsday Clock, uh, unfortunately. And there was even a new one started a couple of weeks ago, Kings of Fear, which I really enjoyed the first issue, um, even though the big bat ears are not for everybody. Nope. <laughs> no, that the the, oh
1: the Batman title, the talking Batman title, it's absolutely fantastic. Don King's a fantastic writer. Can I rename um, it the new
0: Batman comic book day Or <laughs> I think I did actually lead with that one one week because there was one week where I think the four main titles were all Bat related. Uh
1: so I'm I'm kinda of looking forward to the, the issues preceding this. Yes. Uh because I'm led to believe there's a bit of a, a Nightwing story. Yeah. Uh like a crossover between Batman and Nightwing, obviously Nightwing being Dick Grayson, the original Robin. Um, and that something significant is is going to change Nightwing's life that yeah. is uh, that Batman may or may not be involved or
0: responsible for. And we're straight down the middle on this again because uh, out of the four of us, two of us have read this week's Batman and two <laughs> haven't, so we can't talk about it without spoiling it. The, the one thing I would say, just based on your theory about maybe something happening to Nightwing, it might be a bit early for that because they already... Unveiled his identity in the new 52 in Forever Evil, where he was outed to the world as Dick Grayson, and mm-hmm. then that's what led then to Grayson and his infiltration of Sparrow and so forth. So, I do wonder what they will do with this because there does seem like the latest issue again, this is not spoiler territory, but the latest issue is a one shot and it, it examines Dick Grayson and Batman's relationship. Mm. So, yeah, maybe it is setting it up for something. Yeah. So, I mean, Nightwing 50 is just around the
1: corner, yeah. Uh, so, um from what I understand, I mean the current Nightwing story, uh, is kind of interesting. He's still, still in Bloodhaven, um, and uh, Barbara has just has just set him up with like a, like an RV, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mobile uh, mobile headquarters, um, and I don't know. That seems a wee bit,
0: Oracle-y to me. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know.
1: See, we'll see what happens.
0: See yeah. what happens. Yeah, but yeah so first one there for DC Batman as as Stephen says I mean there's there's no perfect jumping on point for Batman now because as I stated Tom Keane does see this as a 100 part story but uh, a lot of the arcs at the moment are sort of two issue arcs three issue arcs uh, there hasn't really been a big long arc really I would say since more jokes and riddles because mm. even the wedding arc outside of the preludes and stuff the wedding arc was only a couple of issues yeah, yeah was it? Um. yeah you had the best man arc which was the joker that was only two issues you had an issue where selena broke into a wedding dress store to pick the perfect dress was that two issues two or three issues I was mr Freeze story line, was there, that's the fallout so, yeah, from the wedding yeah. 51 yeah. to 53 that was class. That was great. you had rules of engagement with talia that was only yeah. three issues yeah. you had the poison ivy story it was only three issues so tom keen does sp- he, he, he seems very much like a chameleon here he can do one issue arcs he can do 12 issue arcs so that's why we just really recommend jumping on that book it's just a
1: and I mean when when can't you jump onto Batman because everybody knows Bruce Wayne parents killed yeah da, da,
0: da, da, this is true Batman, you know, this so, is true so yeah I think it's uh, cool. it's very accessible so that's first one's Batman what are we moving on to for the second choice
2: Um, second choice has to be upcoming movie Shazam like if, if ever is that it's full title just Shazam just Shazam <laughs> You know, DC marketing might as well say, you know, as if we're not getting enough money from the movie, we want to introduce comic, you know, because it seems that the timing of this issue with the trailer from Comic-Con of the movie mm-hmm. and that the movie is imminent, it really seems that's the only reason Shazam is being relaunched. There's a
0: certain element of truth to that, but Jeff Johns has always been a very vocal lover of the character of Shazam. He did a great... Um Origin issue form in the new 52 when DC did the zero issue month, mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was Justice League issue zero. Yeah, he did an origin form. Like Jeff Johns has always been vocal, he loves the character, mm-hmm. but as you say, maybe the character needed a bit of heat from other mediums, yeah, for DC to green light the book because yeah. Shazam's on a character I'm overly familiar with, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, it's a character that I'm not overly familiar with either, but it certainly is an interesting character. It really is. It's the kind of character that, any you know, not everyone can be Superman, but everyone can be Shazam. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Shazam is a school kid, which is highlighted from the the cover of the issue, which is probably one of the best covers I've seen in a while. Shazam is sitting at a school desk, uh, fully in costume, Shazam'd out. That's
0: going to be the new term. Hashtag yeah. thanks <laughs> 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 Copyright that. Copyright <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: you've, you've got all these kids around him throwing airplanes, the wee, like, peace shooters, a kick-me sign that's about to go on his back. Is it a comedy book? I I <laughs> definitely... It definitely gives me that kind
0: of feeling. Shazam has to have comedy, yeah. too, because it's... I always sell Shazam, certainly based on that trailer, is big meets Superman. Mm. You know, every kid dreams of being a superhero, but what if you could actually say a word and you became a superhero then, so there, there has to be comedy to it you know Shazam was originally <coughs> Captain Marvel called Captain Marvel oh yeah yeah yeah. then that evil corporation came in and uh, took <laughs> that name it says there's a subtitle Shazam the superhero formerly known as Captain Marvel
1: um, I, I'm not terribly familiar with Shazam I read um, a Shazam uh, miniseries a bunch of years ago by Jeff Smith the writer mm-hmm. of Bone which is possibly the
0: single best comic book ever released really. oh it's so <laughs> whoa 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 just saying whenever you can yeah. describe you're, something you're as... beside Kieran at least I <laughs> was across the table he could you know long <laughs> whenever
1: term... you can describe something as a cross between Lord of the Rings and Bugs Bunny how, do you, how can you leave <laughs> like you know um, but I, I bought it because of Jeff Smith as the writer mm. and it was it was a Shazam Monster yeah. Society of Evil or something it was very lighthearted. hearted she's involved with the talking tiger and all sorts of stuff Yeah, uh, but it was, good. it was a good book so I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of comedy books uh,
0: or So I don't know
1: Mm. if I maybe
0: pick up the first issue. I think the the strength of Shazam though is it's Jeff Johns. I say Jeff Jeff Johns. You know I mean Jeff Johns is a a stalwart at DC a a a pillar of you know excellence and has he ever written anything bad? not that
2: I've read. You know
0: that's the thing you've never read. Like he's just got a very unique voice. He understands comic books. Simple as that. I think. I mean he. He reignited interest in Green Lantern, he reignited interest, he wrote Aquaman in the New 52, reignited, took a joke character, beg your pardon, and made him one of the best characters in the New 52. Doomsday Clock has, for me, surpassed the expectations so far, I thought it would be good, um, but I was always yeah, wary of yeah, it because yeah. of, you know, how much I love uh, Watchmen. <laughs> um... Hmm. Uh, is that a poodle in your lap, or are you just happy to see me? I, that poodle's very happy where it's lying. That's <laughs> all I'll say. Um, but yeah, I think Doomsday Clock surpassed all those expectations. That's why the whole two month window is frustrating because you just really Have yeah, the next yeah, issue. Yeah. We're
2: very split on this, and we will not get into too much of a debate. But we're very opposite.
0: Throw the debate in there. Start mm-hmm. the debate. We've
2: opposite opinions on Doomsday Clock. Yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> I feel if Doomsday Clock was a monthly title, I'd be content. Mm-hmm. But you're waiting two months. You get the issue, you read the issue, and you're like, "That was good. It wasn't great. It was good," and that's the problem. When you're waiting so far in between issues, you want to be on the edge of your seat. Try you wanna... in
0: for John Wick three. What I'm saying.
2: <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll maybe need to read John Wick See, one too. The thing
0: with Doomsday Clock is that it's probably the most value for money comic on the shelves because. A, I think the quality of it, first of all. B, the supplemental material at the back. back
1: matter. And
0: C, you gotta read the previous five bloody issues to understand the sixth one. So you're rereading the issue. Yeah. In a sense it provides great value because two months, let's be honest, bottom line, two months is too long between a comic book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Simple as that. You forget details, you're you know, everyone who's sitting at this table has pull lists of multiple, multiple titles. They're they can't keep up with one continuity with two months. It's too long but I do enjoy when I get a new issue of Doomsday Clock, I'll read it first, then I'll read the previous issue, and then I'll read that issue again. Mm. And there's no other title I would do that with. All I can say is Jeff Jones could stand to learn a thing or two from Robert Kirkman. Oh, definitely. Robert Kirkman has figured out... We're going to go off a little tangent here, but this is a story worth telling. Um. So Robert Kirkman, as everyone knows, writer and creator of The Walking Dead. He's the only person on the image board who wasn't a creator of That's Image. Right like he's actually on the board that's how highly regarded he is <laughs> the story of how you sold walking dead to uh salvage <laughs> it's hilarious oh I'll,
1: <laughs> I, I'll let you take point on that one uh, i guess the uh that story was this unproven this unproven writer this guy who loved young guy he was he was, I think he was uh, in his, his 20s, 20s wasn't he was, yeah in 20s. and he came along and uh he tried to sell him a zombie book and uh i don't know i think it was jim lee I think it was, Jim I think it was with Jim um, and Mark Silvestre, I think and uh, he tried to sell him the zombie book, and they were like, "People just aren't interested in zombies." And he was like, "Ah, but it's not the zombie book. <laughs> yeah. By issue ten, there'll be aliens." And they went, "All oh, right, aliens, right? X Files was a thing, and you know there are the no alien. You know, aliens. Everybody knows aliens. Yeah, cool. All right, zombies, so, aliens. Uh, yeah." I'm gonna so, uh, so the Walking Dead was approved and started coming out, and uh, around issue twelve, uh, the guys <laughs> in Image went, uh, "Hello, Robert." um zombies where's the aliens and he was like uh, there's, there's no aliens <laughs> there was never any aliens but by this point it was image's yeah, biggest exactly, selling book yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so you know it was even outselling image originals like spawn and you know stuff like that so mm-hmm. um but but yeah the, the the robert kirkman robert kirkman basically first of all he invented a model which is now called the image model which is six issue story arcs released monthly a title takes a break for a few months in that time a trade comes out so people can get caught up if they weren't on the singles, but the creators can then push forward on the next issues. The Walking Dead is, I, to my knowledge, and maybe someone will tell me I'm wrong on this, The Walking Dead has never missed the shipping date. Nope. It has never been delayed. It has never been, sorry guys, we want to keep the quality high. Neither did Invincible. Vince, so there you go. And these are not short arcs. Walking Dead's up to 188. Invincible uh, finished at 144. 146, yeah.
1: 146. Um, I think forty four, forty
0: six, oh, yeah. and he's launched a couple of new titles, but he only launched his new titles, Oblivion Song and Die Die Die, when he already had twelve issues in the can, ready to go, so he will never miss a date, um. So yes, so well, lessons he learned from television, uh, but just to bring this back to the original point, it's not Jeff Johns holding up Doomsday Club. Jeff Johns has written all of Doomsday Clock. It's the art. It's, uh, it's well, the artist. Yeah, yeah, been, it's holding back yeah, Gary yeah, yeah, Frank, yeah, yeah. um, because he's so. And don't get me wrong, because Doomsday Clock is possibly the best-looking title on the shelves. Yeah, that nine-panel structure, the sheer volume of characters. I mean, the last issue alone. Look at the amount of villains that were in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I could, That's why I don't mind waiting for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but I can understand the frustration I'm waiting for it. Just uh,
2: don't, don't pin the blame on Gary Frank Because if he listens to this
0: <laughs> Well, I'll take that chance Gary, if you want to come to the store and prove me wrong It's fine uh, <laughs> Did you say you are going to fight Gary Frank? Calling you out <laughs> I know Poor a guy thing. who is very proficient in martial arts He's sitting to my right um, <laughs> He's also got an attack poodle It's fine You know, I've seen Hulk the movie the Hulk Poodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sort of slightly digressing there. Um, Yeah, Shazam, I mean, I I would agree. Looking forward to this. Jeff John's writing. Deal Eagle Sham is a really, really talented artist as well. So, uh, comedy books, yeah, I, I agree with Keith to a degree though. The, they can go one of two ways. I find most of the best comedy books are indie books. I don't yeah. find comedy works very well within the superhero community. There's definitely an
1: element of comedy in Day Day Day. Kirkman's well,
0: Invincible, is yeah. it? Community? Invincible was very lighthearted, but but it took real turns dark turns took real dark turns as well you yeah. know so, yeah. I mean one thing you'd never call The Walking Dead is funny no um, abandon all the hoped. show is funny <laughs> well for a different reason. how bad it is <laughs> <laughs> easy taker <laughs> well let's let's move away from <laughs> one of the greatest writers in the business today Jeff Johns to the single greatest writer of all time in comics <laughs> <written so>? oh. <laughs> Alan murr has written oh Alan Murr has written one great title really? there I've said it Saga so of the Thing? Yeah. Those are good titles. They're not great. Give me this writer any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, this is where you change what you're actually going to say and pick out a different title. What? <laughs> you're talking about. Oh, so talk about well, oh, Crisis. Um, I've read Sheriff of Babylon. I've read Mr. Merkel. That man hasn't written a bad title. I've read The Vision. <laughs> So anyway, the reason I said that is because the page was open at this title and I'll, I'll let Stephen introduce her properly, but for me, this is a character I've, to be honest, not ever really massively been interested in, but this will be top of my reading pile the week it comes out.
2: Yeah, same boat as Alan. Not a character I'm remotely familiar with, other than the Ryan Reynolds movie, but the next title... Twelve issue maxi series of. Deadpool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wrong section. Oh.
2: So yeah, it's a, it's a twelve issue maxi series of the Green Lantern, and it's written by Grant Morrison. You know who he is—the greatest writer, yeah. of
0: all time. And not to direct you away from this podcast to another one, but if you can listen to his Fat Man on Batman episodes with Kevin Smith, supremely interesting guy.
2: But this is where I'm just not going to talk about Grant Morrison whatsoever.
0: And this is the other (laughs) reason to really look forward to this title, because this is my personal favourite writer, but one of Stephen's favourite
2: artists. Yeah, when I say one of my favourite artists, he could even be my favourite artist. It is Liam Sharp, who has just recently completed a six-issue miniseries, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Brave and the Bold, which... He actually wrote and drew himself, which Alan and I have discussed with the likes of Brave and the Bold, White Knight, when you've got one singular vision, doing the writing, doing the artwork, it
0: it just instantly improves the title, Yeah. I think, because things are bound to be lost in translation in the comic medium, not every writing and art team can be Schneider and Capullo, you know, can be... You know, even though they're taking time, can be Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. They did Superman, so Secret Origin together what as well. Said is you want Tom King to draw and write Heroes and Crisis? <laughs> Based on Tom King's art that he has shared on Twitter, <laughs> Tom King should never write a. Con- should never oh, write. <laughs> should never draw. Edit that part out. Um, should never draw a comic book ever unless it's like scribble knots or something. <laughs> you know, you could do that. Wait, so Tom King shouldn't write. Just so you can't edit this out. Tom King shouldn't write. Are you saying? Just remember, I edit this, yeah? I'll be yeah. taking all of this
1: shit out. Yeah. Uh, Grant Morrison, uh, his Animal Man run was fantastic. New 52. Animal uh, Man uh, run, uh, his... Oh, no. No, pre-52. 52, 52. 52. 52. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll jump in here. Happy. Happy, oh, yes, Leo.
0: absolutely. Biggie from the South. <laughs> <laughs> happy, The but, Invisibles, <laughs> Final Crisis, Batman R.I.P., The Return of Bruce Wayne... Batman and Robin when Dick Grayson was Batman have you read uh, Super Gods Super Gods this is one of my great regrets first of all no I haven't but <laughs> one of my great regrets in life was when I lived in London the Forbidden Planet there had signed copies of Super Gods Damn. and I didn't pick one up mm. and it's one of my great regrets so it was.
1: it's kind of I mean Grant Morrison's an interesting guy if you look at his how he looks at the world and his beliefs in the universe which all I guess come out in his um the Invisibles, especially. Uh, even in his DC stuff, you know how the the, the map of the The, multiverse. the DC multiverse and multiversity and all that stuff. I mean, he's a real. He believes in, uh, in all the synchronicity stuff and uh, strange energies and, and all of that stuff. He he's he's done some TED, not TED talks, but uh, similar sort of interviews that yeah, I can't understand or them. But Super Gods was kind of interesting because, it's about the uh the the myth of the superhero, and you know he he draws upon, like uh, mythology and uh, through ancient cultures and all to to that brought the superhero to where they are. You know, so yeah. it's the history of the superhero It's really good stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, what these things say about us as you know our various cultures and us as humans. It's really it's really cool stuff. And I mean, if yeah. you're a comic fan, you should read it. Um, it kind of appealed to me in the same way as uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Bruce Willis movie, which mm-hmm. you know, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass. Um, he, you know, talks about you know superheroes and he relates them back to uh, Egyptian gods and mm-hmm. you know back to comic books being the original form of communication from back with Kf-10 Kf-10 paintings and, and hieroglyphics yeah. and you know all that good stuff you know so, uh, it's 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 an interesting book. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to
0: not at all yep. not
2: at Green all. Lantern Green Lantern, though. <laughs> <laughs> Green lantern yeah which, which lantern is it? it's uh, Hal Jordan oh it's the Green Lantern the, it Only is the Green, Green, Green Lantern uh, hence the title the Green Lantern uh, mm. you know they might as well say Hal Jordan brackets Tom Cruise there <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well that's a whole other separate discussion <laughs>
2: but uh, <clears throat> go go rewinding going back to the preview for Green Lantern we say written by Grant Morrison you know who he is not everyone is accustomed with you know every writer and artist in comic books uh, Grant Morrison's well known for uh, portraying the antagonist in the My Comic Romance videos for Danger Days uh, <laughs> cut that please
0: oh dear well known I don't know about well known um, he is friends with Gerard Way in fairness um, one
2: of his biggest influences
0: in yeah. the industry he's
2: a world. Scotsman as well isn't he
1: yeah
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the best writers are Scottish you know Mark Miller as well another great Scottish and this isn't Scottish hmm? and this isn't Scottish though and Elmer is Scottish. I didn't say all the Scott best. Snyder
2: right? Did you say Bendis and great writers? Bendis isn't Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I feel a Civil War Two discussion coming up. <laughs> right,
0: just a uh, uh, just a Green Lantern, basically twelve issue maxi series. What excites me about this is there's there's so many superhero comics out there. that are all about like impending world threats or end of the universe or this kind of stuff. Grant Morrison's went on record and been interviewed about this. It's gonna be a twelve issue maxi series. Each issue is gonna serve almost as a one shot, and it's just gonna be Hal patrolling a small sector of the universe. Mm-hmm. So I I'm really looking forward to that because again my knowledge of Green Lantern is very minimal, yeah, um other than when he pops up in you know Justice League stories stuff like that. Yeah, so, I, want, I want to use it as like a jumping on point. With Green definitely. Lantern. Yeah. Because I I like to think I would read this and then I'll go back and read that Jeff Johns Green Lantern stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and read Blackest Night and. Read a lot of this stuff, so yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that choice. Yeah. Really looking forward to that it. one as well. I think I,
2: I think it's going to be a popular title because I know there's an expression: "Don't judge a book by its cover." Mm-hmm. But when you look at the cover of this title, like first and foremost, you have How Jordan Green Lantern. He's got the ring. He's got the lantern. it just looks like a badass. Yeah, it's so simplified, but it looks so. Do good. You know, I think it's
1: a really good concept, like an all powerful space warrior who. Needs a lantern Charges charges his ring From
0: uh, It's a a subtle uh, Commentary on The the modern world And how we all Rely on chargers For all of our devices (laughs) Because without them We're powerless Was Greenlander not Fighting in the 1930s Before Clearly When Greenlander Was created They could see the future
2: (laughs) I feel like The thing about this title Is you're going to see The cover You're going to see Just how Incredible, the artwork that Liam has done is on this not just in the forefront but in the background. If you read Braven the Bold, the whole sort of Celtic mythology and the symbolisms and the landscapes, and there's a very beautiful piece of the Giant's Causeway in there. Like,
0: we kid you not if you haven't read it, like it it's a gateway between two worlds.
2: It, it's just beautiful. It's like Hellboy, Hellboy 2. Yeah,
0: we have, have. to get to Antrim, <laughs> <laughs> the worst movie line of all we time. Have,
1: we have to go i mean met an elf who's clearly collecting the DLA.
0: <laughs> we should all clarify here as well, the reason Stephen is loving Liam Sharp so much is because he responded to him on Facebook. Yeah,
2: not, not just that, but I mean, like... How did that deal work out? That deal, on That date? That date. Yeah, Liam, Liam, Liam yeah. Um, it was a rain check. <laughs> no, it's actually... the. What's interesting enough is, um, because I I had met him very, very briefly years ago at Comic-Con, and I followed his work, and he put up a status on Facebook talking about his new DC project. Are you stalking Liam Sharp? Yes. (laughs) Uh, It says here in the previous book, it's a Derby he's from, but he lives in America. So, I mean, you know, just put his address in there,
0: or if you want to message me, I'll PM you it. Uh, Did you read his Wonder Woman stuff? I seen, rebirth. I seen some of it. He did a lot of the artwork. He it. did uh, every other issue. It was Wonder Woman was really weird when it relaunched with rebirth because like there was two um, storylines running. It works much better in trades because issue one would be continued in issue three, which would be continued in issue five. But the story in issue two would be continued in issue four. And it was like and issue one six. sort of a deal. Yeah, it was two different storylines. They collected them as trades separately, which was good. But yeah.
2: uh, to rewind, what it was is he put up a status. Saying, you know, he's working on a new DC project uh, after Brave and Bold, but he couldn't release any details. And I put a wee comment saying, uh, you know, there's some rumors speculating you're going to do Green Lantern with Grant Morrison. And his response was, I'm loving all these rumors. <laughs> and uh, here we go.
0: Confirmation right there. Yeah cool well we've probably jumped off on enough tangents there about yeah. Green Lantern uh, yeah bottom line this I do think this is going to be one of the hottest titles of the year um, Morrison doesn't do a lot of writing these days as well you know he's the fact that he's going to jump on board this I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to
2: I do want to point out whereas initially it is being offered as a 12 issue maxi series I've got the latest issue of DC Nation in front of me and uh, they're talking about the concept of the 12 issue arc of the Green Lantern's initial bracket season one mm so you know they're not ruling really out a future for this title mm. although
1: I think you really have to be careful with like celebrity writers like Grant Morrison yeah, mm. yeah. you know you, he, he's probably not a writer that's going to hang Certainly. around for a lot like, yeah. like I guess the, the DC Age of
0: Heroes thing which I started knew. with maybe yeah. some really yeah. high, high well that's it Romita Jr. drew the first four issues of Silencer then leapt off it Jim Lee drew the first oh. few of Immortal Man, leapt off it so yeah there's been a little bit of here and there and that yeah so yeah, so that was title number three, Green yep. Lantern, which leads us on to number four, which is uh, quite a unique choice and another number one we're jumping on to. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a, it's a number one, but it's a six-issue mini series, which uh, is something I, we've discussed. I don't know if it's been added to my pull list,
0: but... Uh, it's we've a- synced up your pull list three times in the last two weeks, so...
2: Yeah, uh, it, might, it might need to be a fourth time tomorrow
0: uh, Because, I don't know, you're ready. I was going to say because Keith's talking you into Venom But, you know
2: Oh, I'm on that shit <laughs> uh, Some of the best stuff in current reading But uh, yeah, this is a six-issue miniseries uh, It's written by Steve Orlando uh, You get the art and cover by Travel Foreman And it is Electric Warriors
0: Travel Foreman, is that the same guy who's doing art? One of the Marvel ones we had there. Oh, that was... That was it's it Marvel Knights one, I think. Is he the artist on? Just the name's obviously quite unique. So it is. Flicking furiously, flicking <laughs> furiously. Uh, you are not wrong, sir. I tell you. Oh, it's like almost like, big it's a, brain on it's him. It's almost like I own a comic store or something. Absolutely. If
1: not, <laughs> you should. Uh, as you say, he is the artist
0: on the first issue of... Marvel the Knights. Marvel Knights
2: 20th. But yeah, um,
0: so clearly he is not... There is a lot these days of like artists and writers Do specifically work for one company or the other um, So it's nice to see people doing both so. Oh yeah, jumping yeah. back and
2: forth um, This Electric Warriors miniseries Is something that Brandon has put on the previews board uh, He's recommended for the previews list But it's something personally I would have added as well uh, It's not very well known What is it? Exactly, what is it? Um, it was originally uh, an 18 issue series Back in 86, 87 uh, Electric Warrior and it's actually set outside of the... Originally, it was set outside DC Continuity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it literally follows... Uh, it's uh, If you imagine Justice League in the future, that's what it is. It's superheroes who are in the future. This is, you know, it's on Earth, but it's set in the future. So if you,
0: How far in the future are we talking here?
2: We're talking like... At least about five years. At least... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't actually specify. So it's
1: outside continuity, so it's not going to fall under the same well, bracket as Batman Beyond, for example. That's
2: the thing. Originally, the original series was set outside continu- continuity, but what DC are doing is they're going to bring this in line with current DC continuity. So this existing mini series, it will be within continuity. Does that not mean it
0: loses its unique selling point straight away? Say continuity again. <laughs> <laughs> and say future again. <laughs> As Look, you can tell, Karen's just here to provide any commentary. about no, ser- but seriously, though, with the Electric Warriors, I haven't read the page, so yeah. I'm, I'm assuming here this is normal people that are using technology to be superheroes.
2: That's again, how I would sell it. Again, this is one of Brandon's picks. Brandon, tell me it, that, you, <laughs> that you
0: ultimately massively agreed no, with the way. The way I'm assuming is like oh, it just could it. be like just normal people that are using all this technology, like Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah. But he's from the future. Yeah, he's using technology to be a superhero so could these be just normal people that are See, using technology to what, be superheroes? before we started recording all this what i told Steve to do was if you're ever stumped for anything just read the blurb uh, <laughs> i didn't
2: get a chance to read the blurb because Because blurb he was too
0: busy trying to pronounce continuity um
2: <laughs> what continuity <laughs> is, is that a falcony?
0: i'm gonna have to uh, i'm gonna have to edit this part um <laughs> Yeah, so basically the blurb for it is uh, a new tale of the future DC Universe set in a previously unexplored timeline, the Cosmic Dark Age. Years after the Great Disaster, the Earth has started to rebuild and rejoin the Universal Coalition. In order to prevent a galactic war, different worlds throughout the known cosmos have created a new system of competitive combat to give each participating planet their own voice in their galactic struggle. Each world has one diplomatic gladiator chosen to possess the Electric Seed and fight for their homeland as the Electric Warrior. Each fighter forsakes their personal life in the name of peace. So what happens when Earth can't choose a single combatant and sends two instead?
1: Doesn't sound like Earth.
0: The bruiser, Warcry, represents the humans of Earth, while Deep Dweller, a shapeshifter from the Octopus tribe, represents the animal kingdom. Can they maintain one common goal, or will they tear its tenuous coexistence to shreds and destroy the rest of the universe with it? Oh, and Warcry also has a powerful relic from the Earth's past. Superman's Cape Okay, shit just got real very <laughs> in there. I'll be honest, the whole way through that blurb I was thinking a bit meh. But that last line has actually sold me. How how is, how is Superman's Cape a purple relic? That's what I was thinking. It's it was from the cape. past it says. Yeah. So whether it's been imbued with some sort of power or something, I'm not sure. But okay. uh I'll be honest this is a series I know very little about. Same. I will always give number ones a go because yeah. you never know you might discover, you know, the next venom. You yes, know. For yeah. example, Keith wasn't a big fan of Venom, tried the number one, not a big fan. Um, and plus, when it's a limited series like this, I think you're more willing to give it a go. I think the main reason that Stephen uh, is on board with this title yeah. is more to do with the writer.
2: The writer, Steve Orlando. come on. Outside of Justice League of America, the man co-wrote the comic event of 2018. <laughs> he can't
0: even say it with a straight face. I <laughs>
2: know. Uh, well, hold on. This is the man that co-wrote alongside Jared Way, Milk Wars.
0: And uh, you're asking yourself right now, what is milk horse? And I'm going to tell you what milk horse was.
2: <laughs> I waste time. <laughs> it, w- it was
0: actually good, but no yeah. one seemed to read it. No, it, it was why, just one of those times. Why, why is the trade sold out? Why, why is it on back order? Because they did such a small print run. I, don't I, don't I tried that. to explain I <laughs> this. Is it four? And you bought all four?
2: <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. The trade did not last more than two days in your shop.
0: In fairness it did sell quickly. Yep. So yeah. I mean I, I can get on board. It sounds completely different, than everything else DC's yeah. on the D C output at the moment as well, which is always a unique selling point in comics. You know, it's easy to tell the same story over and over. This does at least sound something quite different. Um so yeah, I'll give issue one a go personally. Yeah. Go from there.
2: I think it's one of those titles that when you see it it really shows how diverse DC as a publishing company is. Yeah. Like, when you flick through the previous book, you see Doomsday Clock, you see Batman, you see Superman, you see Looney Tunes. Yeah. You know, forgetting that Looney Tunes are published under DC. He's come across a title like this, and, you know, really
0: does highlight the... Could be the the next Mr. Miracle.
2: Could be the next Mr. Miracle. Oh, Mr.
0: Miracle. Especially because by the time this comes out... No, don't say it. Mr. Miracle's finished. No. No, Mr. (laughs) Miracle season one's finished. Yeah, so... Anyway, in case you didn't get the title amongst all of that, sort of working out what that title actually was, uh, it's Electric Warriors number one, um, which is going to lead us to our fifth uh, title, Stephen's busy looking at the DC Previews book, forgetting that it was last month's DC Previews book that had the Mr. Merkel t-shirt in it, um, and he is instead going to finish off with another DC title, uh, which is actually a DC Vertigo title, Yeah. Um, so just in case people aren't too familiar with Vertigo, this is sort of the independent arm of DC. This is the label they could relate, they could give their creators a lot of freedom to create original stories. And the Vertigo Golden Era was sort of in the 90s. You had um series like Preacher, Hellblazer, Why the Last Man. Uh these were all fantastic titles. DC's never quite recaptured that again. They've they've they seem to be starting to experiment a little bit again with Sandman Universe. Some spin-off titles from that. Fingers are crossed for a new Hellblazer at some point. But this is a title that actually looks really, really interesting. Um, Don't forget Swamp Thing. Well, Swamp Thing's popping up everywhere in the DC Universe. That's the thing. thing he's in, too much going he's on. He's in Justice League yeah. Dark. He's in Suicide Squad, Daniel. He's Appeared in, in damage. damage. You know, And this isn't a bad thing because the best panel of this year was Metal Number 6, which had Swamp Thing yeah. in a bow tie. It's just you, you just can't beat that. A bow tie?
2: full bow tie. I'll take I'll your small thing in a
0: bow tie and raise you one million BC ghost rider on a flaming mammoth does he wearing a bow tie <laughs> <laughs> you know what nah, that's a fight I'd like to see <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah so the fifth title is
2: it is American Carnage one of Brandon's picks something I'm not overly familiar with written by Brian Hill uh, acclaimed writer of the uh, thrilling uh wildstorm michael cray
0: can you tell he's reading that off the page <laughs> yeah wildstorm <laughs> wildstorm's more than michael cray but yeah.
1: uh it's a relaunch of the original image wildstorm yeah. universe um michael cray is a like a super part or an alien part assassin. I, I haven't touched michael cray but wildstorm itself Warren yeah. Ellis is another celebrity writer is pretty fantastic yeah
2: but uh, it looks like an interesting read. Uh, the basic synopsis is it's a uh, disgraced FBI agent, Richard, Richard Wright, is offered a chance for redemption when his old mentor sends him undercover to infiltrate a white supremacist group believed to be responsible for the death of a fellow agent. Which sounds interesting enough, but what it doesn't actually show you in this uh, preview solicitation, uh, in the writing, it's more something you pick up from the cover, is that... Uh, richard wright himself and the the officer who's been murdered they're actually men man of color mm-hmm. so the fact that you have this uh, uh fbi agent of color who has to infiltrate a white supremacist group yeah, sounds interesting. interesting enough uh, especially whenever it seems to be uh, written within contemporary society mm-hmm. so again so cast back to spike lee's new movie black Klansman black fans but yeah Yeah. that's that's the film i was trying to remember the title of because when i was reading this blurb i was like this sounds like something that's happened recently even just the cover Um,
0: itself it's got sort of cool it evokes the sort of old west sort of style as well um can't go wrong with that kind of stuff i mean things just took a really serious turn there from all these superheroes punch each other in the face but that's the joy of comics you know that's these are the kind of titles that slip between the cracks as well and as I say, with Vertigo, I think DC's really trying to recapture those glory days yeah. um from those titles that were aforementioned. And this does look good, I have to say. Interested in it. It doesn't I think state if it's gonna be a mini series or an ongoing No, I um, think
2: um most of these D C vertigo titles, uh everyone just has the assumption they are ongoing titles.
0: You'd be surprised. I mean when when we talk about that vertigo golden period, why the last man was sixty issues, yeah. uh Sculpt was Forty five, forty six issues. Yeah. Hundred bullets was a hundred issues. Preacher. Uh preacher was sixty issues. Hellblazer, hundreds of issues, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. So and then Swamp Thing as well was a bit of an ongoing. So, be curious to see because DC have tried to relaunch Vertigo a couple of times and it hasn't quite come off yet. So they just need that one killer title I think to kickstart it, and until Hellblazer comes along, this will have to do. I
1: think it's. I mean, it's a good time for. For DC to be experimenting with relaunching stuff or launching labels, because whenever your your core titles are solid, mm. I think that's that's good time to take some risks to play, you know, and take some risks. Yeah. So now, for example, wouldn't be a good time for Marvel to be playing about. No, you know what I mean. Get your focus, your core, get your core yeah, titles exactly. right first. So, but DC's in that in that position, and yeah. I think that shows from the fact that they are. Launching Vertigo and then uh, that
0: black label. Black uh, label, yeah, yeah, giving a lot of creative freedom again. To, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like an Elseworlds label to me and all mm-hmm. name. Yeah, yeah. But, anyway. uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that brings to sort of an end the DC portion of things in terms of Brandon's picks, whether Steve wants to throw in one or two himself very quickly.
2: Um, just very quickly, I mean, this Drowned Earth event that uh, DC are working on between Justice League and Aquaman uh looks to be very interesting. There is an argument. We've got an Aquaman film currently being Oh,
0: that's exactly why they're pushing them. You yeah. know, there's there's been a, a crossover at the moment which is Aquaman and Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um well, called Aquaman Atlantis.
2: Aquaman Suicide Squad, I think fe- I feel I feel that's down to Suicide Squad's low sales figures. Mm. Uh because they recently introduced a like a swamp thing, Batman.
0: Do you really introduce Aquaman to get your sales figures up though? You introduce Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think they're trying to get more exposure for Aquaman, I think, and See, that's why this is now Aquaman with Justice League. It is a bit of exposure,
2: but it looks like a very interesting uh, arc, you know, sort of Aquaman being dethroned from Atlantis. By the, the Joker. Uh, Come by on. the Joker, who's well, I mean, Aquaman's Warren,
0: dethroned
1: uh, Aquaman's no longer the king of Atlantis in the current book, it's now uh-huh. Mera is the queen of Atlantis, yeah. um, so that's already occurred, uh, but they have definitely been given... Is he actually in Converse? I lose Batman Converse? Batman Converse. If that yeah. doesn't
0: sell you in this book, nothing will. <laughs> well, the, the Joker's Joker were in wearing Batman, Batman Converse. Converse, sitting on Aquaman's throne, holding his trident. With Batman's symbol on the trident, ripped off his chest. If that doesn't sell that book, nothing will, because that's just oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Nice.
2: But uh, it just looks to be like a very uh, interesting arc. Yeah.
0: And They're topping and tailing that crossover with... Uh, with one-shots, aren't they? So it's going to be are, uh, yeah. a Drowned Earth one-shot opening and a Drowned Earth one-shot finale. Two issues of Justice League and then one issue of Aquaman in the middle. James, uh, James uh, Tinney in the fourth.
2: James Tinney right yeah, yeah. in the fourth. Snyder's uh, disciple, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Doing some wonderful stuff in Justice League Dark and the
0: alternating uh, Justice League uh, issues. Have you read Justice League Dark now? Have I? Um, <laughs> hold on. I, I don't know. But, uh, yes. Every all two issues, like <laughs> six times, <laughs> unless you couldn't tell. Justice He's a big League fan Dark. of Hellblazer and uh, Swamp Thing, Justice so League Dark is the single best thing DC is releasing at the mm-hmm. minute. Get as yeah, well. oh, yeah, Detective Chimp just puts me off. Detective Chimp's one of the best parts yeah, of I it, especially in issue two. Though,
1: uh, I still can't figure out what he
0: was doing at the end of that. also. Well, that was the <laughs> Grant Morrison portion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unsurprisingly. Uh yeah, there's been a couple of other there's a couple of other good V D C ones there. Damage looks interesting with sort of damage versus Superman, which looks pretty interesting. Looks almost like it'll just be a one shot issue, um, because apparently Damage has a very similar power skill to Superman. But the thing is with Damage, he can only maintain that for one hour. So he may beat Superman in that hour. He's fucked. You know, <laughs> basically, and I see the page open. Go on. Throw out your. <laughs> end the DC portion with your soliloquy and love uh, note to Jared Way it's actually a (laughs) re-solicitation it's how long we've been waiting on this single issue
2: yeah gee if you listen to this podcast please reply to me on Instagram (laughs) Uh, it's a (laughs) solicitation
0: I'll make sure to tag Jared Way on this just for a
2: laugh cheers Uh, it's a solicitation for Doom Patrol issue 12 which is the uh, the finale of what seems to be a 12 issue arc run on the, the latest incarnation of Doom Patrol and uh, what's interesting enough about this is Jared Ways came out on social media and said, Look, it's the last issue of the current Doom Patrol, but keep an eye out because yeah. there should, fingers so, crossed, hopefully be an announcement about future. Certainly young with animals.
0: the TV show coming up as well, yeah. and the the DC streaming service, it, it might get a second lease of life. But Doom Patrol's come through this DC Young Animal imprint, and it's not been the greatest sales success. Mm-hmm. There's been some really interesting titles in it. Um, you know, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. She had the Changing Woman. Mother, Eternity Girl. Mother, Mother Panic. Panic Gothic, yeah. uh, and then um, Doom and, But just to give you an idea of this Doom Patrol, how long it's been delayed for, the solicitation is in the same book for the graphic novel. And yep. usually the graphic will come a couple of months after the last issue, but it's just been a little while. So.
2: I, f- I feel like, and this is just a personal tribe of mine, there's nothing I hated more than reading recent issues of Batman, Suicide Squad, Hellblazer, where you felt like you would so much left of a comic, mm. and you had a preview for the new Age of Heroes. Now, this is something that DC never even considered with DC's Young Animals. Mm. And I feel like if you had those snippets at the end of those books, maybe, just maybe, people would have taken a shine to the Doom Patrol or Shade or Carson. Or
0: maybe or... if Milk Wars had have actually sold, uh, <laughs> Young Animal would have been a success. Can I point out that Milk Wars... <laughs> As a
2: story, has a one hundred percent sales record in coffee and heroes.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I have some single issues in the shelves. Though. <laughs> on, a, on a personal note, I'm kind of liking the
1: fact that that uh, cover looks yeah, exactly like an cover. old, an old AD and D, old Advanced Dungeons yeah. Dragons module box cover, and it's kind of what a quest for adventures level
2: sixteen, to 20, yeah, kinda yeah. Cool, yeah. which kind of gives you the general age range that young animals is aimed at. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's for slightly mature readers.
0: Who uh, want to relive their youth? <laughs> but you're healed for it. It's now. not a phase, Alan. It's
2: a way of life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that'll bring the uh, the DC portion to a close. Um, we'll come back and try to do a slightly shorter version for the indie section. <laughs> though I say that, and there's some uh, some great titles on there as well. So we'll be back in a few. <laughs> So, we're back with the final portion of the uh the previews uh for this month, so we always like to finish off with indie comics as well. I mean one of the reasons for that is we do push indie titles quite a lot at the store uh they're an excellent way to get into comics if you know you're not too familiar with the medium. you know sometimes people can be a little wary of jumping into superhero comics pretty much for the reasons we've already chatted about you know seven hundred issues, where do I start um different writers, different artists all the time. You know, finding starting points. We do like to think we uh, do recommend a lot of starting points for people, but sometimes indie is a great way to get into it. You know, just think about what's your favourite movie. You know, do you like sci-fi? Do you like fantasy? Do you like end-of-the-world stories? Do you like, you know, assassin stories? Do you like noir? So there's sort of a little something for everybody. Um, I mean, for me personally, my favourite indie title is a title called Deadly Class, uh, which is all to do with a high school that trains assassins um me saying that it's not gonna be a surprise probably to anybody to anybody to anybody this podcast because i it in store Uh, and there is a tv show coming soon uh so looking forward to that as well but i'll just go around the room quickly and just obviously everyone can stay with their own personal favorite indie title would be we can even get vicky involved with this one even though you're gonna say one thing but would it not be yeah i've got more than one no 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 this is this is a strict one no because it can't be what's your favorite indie title Saga. Okay, so Saga, Brian K. Vaughan on writing. Paula, if you're listening, apologies for making me read that final issue again today. Uh, Steve.
2: Has to be Walking Dead. Oh, stealing Karen's thunder.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <Brian>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Because Stephen said Walking Dead, I'm going to shake it up and go with The Vertigo. Because it's not an actual writer with DC, um, but it's Fables. Um, I'd say The Walking Dead is probably the longest running series that I've ever read. Before you opened, maybe Fables. It was didn't it stop before one fifty? It stopped at like one forty nine. So it, frustrating! Yeah. It's that's what annoys me about Invincible. I think that's why I haven't read it. What? Because it stops at issue one forty four. I'm nearly yeah. sure it's one forty four. Just go to one fifty. Just... See, I disagree with you. Uh,
1: I think that I think that that is uh, it's great because, Kirkman. Had a story to tell. Yeah, and he told you me. know, and he's told the story, yeah. and he didn't, he didn't eke it out for another six issues to get a big double sized one yeah. fifty. or Or so he told a story, and I think that's that's, no, that's uh, admirable. <clears throat> Would that be your pick for an indie title, or oh, something I, else? That... Well, I don't know. I mean, uh Walking Dead, Invincible. Uh, I I think so. I think it's interesting. I don't think that image should be in the independent section because
0: image is, yeah. is a big yeah. player. There's a lot but, of truth uh, to that. You know, uh, Certainly in trade sales, especially. Yeah. I mean. We, we've mentioned their Saga and The Walking Dead. I mean, those are nearly always in the top ten every month of graphic novel sales. Uh, but, nonetheless, a lot of the image,
1: a lot of my independent titles are And I, I've got into a lot of independent titles through Coffee and Heroes over the last year. Uh, first thing I, I bought, I think because I spent so long chatting to you the first time mm-hmm. I walked in, I felt like I had to buy something, so I bought the first issue Saga. I guilted him into it. the first trade of Saga. <laughs> uh, <laughs> saga. Uh, Solid Bastards, uh, I'd Walking Dead, Invincible... Uh <clears throat> Big Rock Candy Mountain has been a big one this year, uh based on the song. Yeah. Uh from the New Brotherwork their soundtrack, the Harry McClintick track was great. Uh but I would say my big indie title is Lazarus by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. Uh it's dystopian dystopian science fiction future mm-hmm. where like the world has been carved up between uh, like family corporations that all have different uh, each of them has what they call a Lazarus, which is their uh warrior um the word builder the world building and yeah. that is second to none yeah uh, i mean the word building is going on oblivion song kirkman's book is fantastic uh but the word building in lazarus and the back matter yeah is absolutely beautiful the the art it's, it's a great book it's really gritty really gritty so and it's uh, one of the cool things is is how how often the writer relates it back to what's happening both in science and in politics today, he's very mm-hmm. left leaning. Yeah, uh, and this is a real, I guess, uh, certainly one of the the family that uh, it's based around the clan that it's based around. Um, the oh god, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, forever, forever is the is the Lazarus for that particular family, and they're nearly like a. Uh, like a corporate fascist mm-hmm. you know regime but it is cool it's, it's it's a great book highly recommend it
0: highly recommend it um, two beautiful hardcover uh, hard hardcover so far big, yeah yeah I mean you get a sense there of the broad range of indie comics because all of those titles are really really different I'm just going to have to throw one more in there just simply because Keith said the back matter and, and the back of Lazarus is so good sex criminals it's one of the funniest books on the shelves I still can't believe Chip Zdarsky is one of Marvel's top writers and he writes this book but the back matter in it is like the problem pages that you'd read in like the sun <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like they ask Chip Zdorsky for sex advice and he answers every single letter about it it's Farm absolutely farmhand's hand. Farm a great call actually it's only a couple issues in but now that people are throwing in extra ones <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. remembered God Complex God Complex you one know. of the top ones that nobody's reading yeah it just it ended about what two months ago there's we a think dog drinking in the background. There's a dog drinking in the background. That, that's not us, you know, lapping up beer off the floor, uh, just so we're clear. But no, again, I mean, the fact that everybody's throwing more titles in here, that just shows the broad range of indie stuff. There's so many great titles out there, a lot of indie titles as well. They're not as off putting as. Uh, they're not as off putting as. Dogs as Drinking. Dogs Drinking, but also as DC and Marvel, because a lot of them are just six issue arcs, four issue arcs. They're not as long a commitment as an ongoing series. Unless of course you're reading The Walking Dead. Uh, which is infinitely better to the shoe if you've never read.
2: not a commitment if you're reading John Wick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the other side of indie comics. Now one of the reasons, you know, obviously Keith was saying Image isn't really indie anymore. One of the reasons I would agree with that is because some indie titles have erratic release schedules, John Wick being one of them. Sabrina. Uh Archie comics in general, to be yeah. honest, after I've with Archie as well as Sabrina. Um but Image like they had Every month, you know, without fail. Uh, so yeah, anyway, we the Indies ones uh, this month were actually chosen by myself. Uh, the first tile I chose, of course, is an image title, uh which is called Middle West. The first reason I picked this is because I've talked on podcasts before about how often I don't follow titles. I follow creators. I follow writers that I enjoy or artists that I enjoy. It could I just think it's the best way. If you like a specific style of someone, it's best to just follow their work. What are they doing next? It's like... It's like in music. If you like a band, you go for their next album. You know, if you like a specific actor in a movie, you'll look at what their next movie but is. Whenever
1: you say, follow. You don't mean follow in the same way as Stephen.
2: Oh, the way he <laughs> follows
0: Liam <laughs> Sharp yeah, or Jared Wayne. Uh, yeah. he's sort of a. In a sort way. of a stocky fanboyish yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. No, no, not you quite. You follow that. them more in the a Twitter way. Yeah. Yeah, you
2: follow them on Twitter. You don't tell everyone what they had for breakfast <laughs> or what they watched. For during this afternoon on television? Or uh, what colour the toothbrush is? The orange is a a mint green colour?
0: I'm officially afraid. Um, Yeah, so the first title I chose is Middle West, number one. The reason for this is because I like both the writer and the artist. The writer is Scotty Young, probably more famous for his art style in terms of he does a lot of the baby Marvel covers. But he's starting to show himself to be a great writer. Uh, He did a great series, which is still ongoing, actually called I Hate Fairyland which is all about if Alice had never left Wonderland and she grew up to be... Well, she never grows up, but she becomes like a foul-mouthed, really angry person because she's never been able to leave Wonderland. It's fantastically over-the-top and gruesome. There's a guy who comes in the store, Aaron. was never a big comic guy, but this is like his favourite comic. Um, He's also released another one, which I don't think anyone else in this room will have read yet, but it came out today, called Bully Wars. First issue was fantastic. I was sitting reading it last night at home. I had my headphones in. I think he was sitting watching the TV and I was just sitting snickering the whole way through it. I kept getting looks every sort of 30 seconds. Are you enjoying that? It was it was thoroughly, thoroughly excellent. Uh, and then this one, Middle West, he's writing. And the artist is George Corona, who will be familiar certainly to... I think that's Jorge. Whatever. It looks like George to me. <laughs> There's no accent above the E. That's George. It's Jorge. He always has to
2: correct my grammar at some you point. You can just set it aside;
0: it's fine. Not at all. I leave all this stuff in. I mean, if we don't leave in Karen, if we don't leave in every time Karen laughs, we'll be left with half a podcast by now. Huh? Uh, well. Um, but yeah, he's the artist on Big Trouble Little China, Old Man Jack. So oh, you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what what's also good about the indie series is certainly in previews they'll always say like if you like these things, you'll like this. So for this one, they'll say if you like the dark undertones of classic don bluth animation and return to oz you will love middle west so the blur for this one's just very simple the lands between the coasts are vast slow to change and full of hidden magics mistakes have been made and in this new ongoing series an unwitting adventure searches for answers to quell a coming storm that knows his name uh, this is basically the tale of abel a young boy who must navigate an old land in order to reconcile the family's history the preview art pages look awesome in this as well uh, it almost looks like a bit of a, a horror-esque title, which I quite like as well So uh, yeah, that was the first one Middle West as I say number one that's due for release in November 21st uh, So that was choice one choice two. I think it's gonna be a popular one in the room uh, This is from Dark Horse this time and this is uh, to give it its full title is William Gibson's alien 3 so Basically, William Gibson is one of the top sci-fi writers of all time. He was brought on board to write the script for Alien Three, but it wasn't actually uh, used in the final movie. Uh, so this is actually going to be the official adaptation of that script. Um, you know, if you're not too familiar with uh, William Gibson, you know he pretty you're much. Ma- not Yeah, he he pretty much defined cyberpunk along with the likes of you know Blade Runner and so forth. Um. so with this it's got the familiar characters from Alien it's got Ripley it's got Hicks it's got Newt it's got Bishop uh, so the little blurb for it is after the deadly events of the film Aliens one of the single greatest movies of all time game yep. over man game over no one's going to describe that to no, them I haven't seen any Alien uh, film what?
2: Yeah, even I've seen them
0: the doors over there um, <laughs> Aliens is genuinely one of the single best movies of all time well, and good. easily one of the best sequels of all is time it up there with Top Gun? Top Gun doesn't candle the aliens. Wow. That's how good it is because Top Gun's amazing as well. Uh, but yeah, after the deadly events of the film, Aliens, the spaceship <laughs> Sulaco, carrying the sleeping bodies of Ripley, Hicks, Newt, and Bishop, is intercepted by the Union of Progressive Peoples. What the UPP forces don't expect is another deadly passenger that is about to unleash chaos between two governmental titans intent on developing the ultimate Cold War weapon of mass destruction. One of the one of the things with the Alien Three that always annoyed me, and it was. Uh, something that was backed up I listened to the commentary to Aliens by James Cameron was that they spend the whole movie of Aliens fighting to ensure Newt and Hicks survive it's not just Ripley at the end mm-hmm. they went through that whole movie they went through hell Hicks got burned badly all sorts but they survived Alien 3 begins they're all they dead light light apart from Ripley do they they're yeah. literally yeah. just yeah. off screen yeah. you're dead uh-huh. we
2: had a very similar discussion recently uh Thor, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. Infinity War. Yeah, it's the same thing.
0: True, because we haven't seen Valkyrie, we haven't you know, seen um, Korg. Or, yeah, they, so... they spend
2: so much time saving everyone from uh, Asgard.
0: Yeah, and out, then they kill them all at and the they very kill start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a decent point. So it. that's though that's an impact at the start of the movie. Like that's
2: it is a it's a very interesting impact, but at the same time, why go through all that effort if you're just gonna, you know, just do that.
0: Yeah. You know, There's yeah. a certain amount of yeah. truth it's to really that. So that negates yeah. the point with Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can just sort of skip the three then at that point. Well, that's the thing. You only need to know who Ripley is to yeah. watch Aliens. I Alien mean, 3.
1: the gist of, of Alien 3, they landed Land a of in The Land of Prison Colony, and, and yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, it's
0: not a bad movie, but it should have been so much better. Mm. And the, the downhill spiral started there with the Alien movies. You
1: yeah. know, because Alien and
0: Aliens are very, mm. you know, neck and neck. Two very different movies. Very Alien different. And aliens. Yeah, so cool. very different. Um, out of just as a little segue, have any of you seen Alien Covenant? Yeah. Yes. No. I watched half that movie, and I've never went back to watch the second half. I didn't uh, mind it, right. but I didn't, didn't like Prometheus. I liked Prometheus, except for the world's greatest mapper of territory getting lost. <laughs> yes. The stupidest plot point of all time out of a out of a world of seven billion people, this guy was chosen as the best terrain mapper of all time in the world. And he gets lost in a cave, and he even has a device. That Everybody is a bad day. Anyway, <laughs> digress <laughs> slightly there. Uh but anyway, yeah, this is um. So, so how did,
1: how does this then diverge from the original Aliens? Well,
0: for example, all these characters are alive straight away. This was no. basically one of one of the scripts that was written for a a potential Alien Three movie. Mm. But then the studio went, yeah, we're not doing that. Brought in someone else. Um, they they obviously didn't like what he had done, but this to me sounds more interesting than what Alien Three was. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I mean, you've got an artist on it called Johnny Christmas. What more do you need? Sweet, Sweet Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you possibly need there? That was the sound of a, a very well-deserved high-five in the background there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with, with regards to Alien 3, uh, it's going to be a little mini-series, I believe. I think it's going to be six issues. That kicks off on November 7th. Uh, so that's nice a nice panel
1: there that... Uh the art that, that is that bishop with a with an egg, with out an of egg
0: growing at him yeah. yeah nice uh it's actually a nice likeness of Lance Henriksen as well yeah.
1: and uh, I mean alien a lot of alien and aliens is sort of a wee bit body horror yeah and, uh, you know what I mean? so that kind of yeah definitely it's nice there. for any yeah. cover well, for the was, first issue as well
0: that was it it was always um I prefer the main cover um yeah the or are you talking about that image <laughs> you've, got extra,
1: you've got some regulars that are big Alien fans oh yeah a lot
0: yeah. of a lot of a lot of guys are, I think they'll be on board with this um, so when's that released? Uh, November 7th November
2: you feel like they're missing a window releasing it after Halloween
0: yeah October 31st I
1: suppose the main have been bad yeah, I think they're spot on with their, 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 the artist's name yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I would maybe held it back a
0: three or four weeks well isn't the whole uh, chest bursting sequence in Alien all about the male fear of pregnancy yeah it's not like a little Subtle thing in there I don't know, it's, definitely, it's, 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 it's
1: definitely about the human fear of anything bursting out
0: of your chest Yeah <laughs> I can get on board with that uh, Yeah so that was Alien 3 That was the second pick I went for Um, The third one's another Dark Horse title Pretty simply again going back to the whole idea of following creators This is actually a Mike Mignola title um, Creator of Hellboy uh, This is actually co-written with John Arcudi as well One of his long time collaborators Uh, So this is called Crimson Lotus. This is going to be a uh, five-issue miniseries. And this is on sale November 21st. So again, the little blurb for it, just very simple. Before she became Lobster Johnson's greatest adversary, the Crimson Lotus was a young girl whose family was caught up in the Russo-Japanese War. 30 years later, the Lotus exacts her revenge with terrifying international effects and two spies must try to chase her through China before they become flies in her web. That was uh, a little bit of a sneeze that time from the dog. Uh, clearly looking forward to this title, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, anything that's from the pages of Hellboy. Hellboy's something that I have a good knowledge of, but I want to know more about. Yeah, I'm I wouldn't mind
1: sort of figuring out how, you know... Yeah, jumping like into those big
0: books. library yeah, editions, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, because anything I've read of Hellboy, I've always loved. New TV series
1: or movie coming out, it? New there? movie
0: coming soon. Uh, the sheriff from um, Stranger, Things. Stranger yeah. Things is going to be playing Hellboy this time. Um. apparently they spoke to Ron Perlman about possibly doing it but it's in the, in the 70s now yeah, late yeah, 60s probably just a bit too old for it unfortunately uh, but they've only really released one image from it so far haven't they? anyway yeah it's just a one shot of him in mm. makeup yeah yeah it looks good as well so um, that was uh, Crimson Lotus number one of five uh, the next one that's actually going to come up I'm going to be throwing my uh, point over to Keith to take over this one because this is one that seemed to get him quite excited to the point where he was looking at massive legacy editions and um, special editions of this book and special boxes for this book and that is because it's one of your favourite TV shows it of all time. Sure I is, yeah, absolutely uh-huh. uh, If of course I can find it in the book uh, There we go, right on cue Firefly number one Yeah, so I mean, Firefly has...
1: Firefly was originally a, a short run TV series. Uh, you
0: you haven't seen it. I still time. haven't seen it. I've Maybe seen it, the movie Serenity. It, yeah, I, yeah I mean it. it's, it's Joss Whedon, honestly. Yeah. Um, Back when he was good. When Joss Whedon was good, didn't ruin movies. I
1: get no call for Joss. All you have to do, all you have to do, is watch Firefly and go all is for all is forget him. You know, um, uh, Firefly continued in the Serenity movie, and has continued in a number of comic series yeah. since. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is written by Greg Pack, mm-hmm. who is well known for uh, his run on Hulk. Hulk. Uh, World War World Hulk. World War Hulk, uh, yes. and, uh, and then the, uh, Amadeus Chao, the awesome Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, so, yeah, so uh, I'm not familiar with the illustrator, Dan McDade, but. Um, <coughs> I kind of I go after anything that that now uh, broadens the flyer, Firefly mythos. Yeah. Uh, the expands that
0: universe. The that
1: the universe is fantastic. It's it's like a a, a really beautiful cross between uh science fiction and the Wild West. Uh, the the dialogue, the Joss Whedon dialogue, in the TV mm-hmm. series is great. That's always one of the key points of uh, of anything uh Firefly related. Um, it looks like uh this particular book focuses on uh, Mal and Zoe, uh, Mal being the captain of uh, Serenity uh, and Zoe being his first mate. Uh, the cover here shows Mal and Zoe front and centre. So uh, the, the show was set like in a far-flung future. Uh, they talk about Earth that was. Uh, they're out in the galaxy. Uh, they're their mercenaries. Their, Mal and Zoe took place and they were on the, the losing side of uh, the unification war back in the day uh, they were what were known as uh, brown coats, they were rebels they lost mm-hmm. and uh, Mal's always carried that with him uh, uh, he's totally anti-establishment uh, all he's interested in is doing his next job looking after his people keeping keeping the, the serenity flying mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and living free uh, so this seems to follow it says it takes you back to the battleground where Mal's journey began, the Unification War. So I don't know if this is like a like a flashback. You see a wee bit of the Unification yeah, War in the first episode of Firefly. Um, the other characters from the show uh, are in the background. Um, uh, Washes there, so clearly this takes place during Firefly pre yeah, Serenity. Uh, you know, so so yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, anything, anything Firefly is good with me, and this is Boom Studios rather than Image. Yeah. Um, so yeah Uh, good stuff looking
0: forward to yeah I mean that's one of the the joys of comics they can continue on sort of much beloved series I mean Buffy has continued in the comics Uh, we were talking earlier Jericho Jericho, little known uh, unfortunate little known TV series continued on the comics Uh, you had the X-Files continued on the comics it's an inexpensive way to expand the lore and reward the fans of that without having to obviously rely on a show or whatever else I'll keep sneezing <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean Firefly's one of those ones it's it's one of those um, gaps in my geek knowledge I've for some reason I've seen Serenity which I really enjoyed and I love anything with Nathan Fillion in it but well Nathan Fillion I just haven't went show. back to watch it just just do it just I just do don't it. know why um, I'm too busy getting through Marvel shows at the moment <laughs> how long did I put those up um, but I'm reaping the rewards now because they're thoroughly excellent uh yeah, so that was Firefly number one and uh that just leads us to the last recommendation. I'm an unashamed James Bond fan. Uh I grew up watching the movies. I my favourite James Bond is Roger Moore. We'll go around the room. To camp, to camp.
1: Uh I think my I uh, I really enjoy Daniel Craig. Uh I mean I, I've I've seen them all. Mm-hmm. I love Connery, obviously. Um he's just suave, He. You know, in typical Connery fashion, the consummate English spy. Despite I'll means. play this one with a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he's. I mean, Sean Connery's suave, but I think yeah. uh, I loved M's and, and
0: Casino Royale, the, the later. Do Casino we Royale. do we have a the, slightly tilted view on Daniel Craig though? Because Casino Royale is such a great movie, but the other ones he did are not.
1: I like the fact that he compared to the other James Bonds. He was the blunt instrument. Mm. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. The something that's always kind of intrigued me about James Bond is yeah. the legacy idea the idea that that the the number is 007 and that James Bond is a codename yeah. and that different agents occupy that role so yeah. whenever we see the actor change it's, a different it's actually person. a different agent within yeah. the James Bond role you know and uh, I think they sort of they've dispelled all that did all. they not did, that not did they not canon that Was that? did, not, did George no, Lazenby no, no, not say something along,
0: along the lines of that happened to the other guy when George Lazenby he did say that at first that was just a wee tongue in cheek thing but so in, this is me showing off my bond knowledge here uh, so on her majesty secret service which was George Lazenby's one and only he got married at mm-hmm. uh, the start of diamonds are forever the follow up Lazenby didn't want to do another one so Sean Connery came back and he got paid a million dollars which he donated to charity but he came back and he was on the tail of the man that killed his wife so mm-hmm. same character in Fewer Eyes Only which is a Roger Moore one Roger Moore's James Bond is laying flowers at his wife's grave so it, it's it got a strange continuity yeah. they could be paying respect a lot, lot but, of dangerous
1: men have wives that die
0: but no but it's her headstone oh you, same you, headstone you see the headstone yeah. he's laying the flowers at it says Tracy Bond right. on the gravestone and there's also um Pierce Brosnan mentions it once as a you know, don't talk about the past or my previous or something. So yeah, James Bond's one of those strange continuities because obviously every movie every movie is of its era mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe that Daniel Craig using satellite phones and all this is the same as, you know, Roger Moore in New Orleans, you know, going through jazz clubs and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting character, but James Bond's a character that has endured for nearly sixty years now. It's yeah. you know, nineteen sixty two is the first movie, uh Doctor No. So And wasn't he wasn't he supposedly based on Christopher Lee's some of Christopher Lee's
1: uh, adventures
0: and He you know, Ian Fleming based a lot of his looks and stuff on Christopher Lee and his yeah. mannerisms. Okay. And then Christopher Lee of course, of course played he's. one of the best villains with uh playing the Man with the Golden guns. Scaramanga uh, so favourite Bond Sean Connery but Tarzan Ford started Templeton. <laughs> you knew that it was coming he, uh, That's the best James Bond movie
2: <sighs> it's really not
0: <laughs> best James Bond
2: you know the answer is Pierce Brosnan
0: great Bond bad movies apart from <laughs> Golden Gold
1: Golden great they got silly didn't they they kind of yeah, got a yeah. bit you
0: know Sean Connery Sean Connery um I'll just throw in very quickly. The reason I love Roger Moore, I read his autobiography. He said James Bond is inherently a silly character. He's supposed to be a secret agent. So he's supposed to have complete anonymity. No one should know who he is. Mm -hmm. Be it every bartender knows his favourite drink. All these different women he slept with. He always introduces himself as Bond, James Bond. So you have to play the character with an inherent silliness. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other think as well comes back to whoever you grew up watching. That's your Bond. I grew up watching Moore, so... Okay. Whereas my dad's favorite Bond is Connery because he grew up watching oh, Connery, mm-hmm. um, but I do like what Daniel Craig did with it in Casino Royale. But I thoroughly dislike him in the role now because he looks bored by it. So do you?
1: Uh, so we mentioned earlier on. I think, and I think he, he's been considered for the role was it Idris Elba.
0: Idris Elba. I think the problem with James Bond movies now is that you need to commit to probably eight to ten years. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think Idris Elba might be a bit too old now. I think if yeah. he'd have done it five, six years ago I think it would have been perfect I don't care about skin colour I don't care about any of that stuff mm-hmm. he would have been a great he would have been great in the role he would have mm-hmm. had that authority that menace yeah, you mm-hmm. wouldn't want wanted to run into him in Dark Alley he would have just kicked shit out of you mm-hmm. but he's got pathos he's got real you know screen charisma
1: yeah. how long did
0: Sean Connery play the role Sean for? Connery was 1962 and then he played Bond well into the 70s but like Roger Moore played it in his early 50s mm-hmm. um but Daniel Craig, if you think Casino Royale was what, 2005 or 6? It's as long as that. Yeah. Well, Casino Royale, you're talking at least minimum 10 years ago anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's already at the end of <clears throat> what he can do. Pierce Brosnan played. I have a funny feeling
2: Quantum of Solace was 2008. Casino Royale was one or two years before yeah.
0: that. Quantum of Solace was 2008, because I was travelling at the time. I saw yeah. it in Singapore, actually. Um. So, I just worry I think Idrisel was what now late forties, yeah. I think it would just be a yeah. bit too old for the role, unless they brought him in and just said "Look, we're going to use you for two movies, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. um that's the only reason I would say, give but him, other than that, give him one movie other than that, give yeah. it to Tom Hardy, let's be honest oh
2: yeah, good shape or uh, Tom Cruise Tom Cruise no. too old <laughs> let's
0: get nothing to come Tom Cruise Tom Cruise's Cruise not too old, crazy say I told' Here ends the coffin knowledge. Um, Yeah, so the whole James Bond discussion is basically James Bond and comics. There's been a lot of sort of mini-series here and there. There was one recently actually that's quite close probably to All Our Hearts, which was a a bit of an origin story for M simply because a lot of it was set in Belfast. Mm -hmm. Um, Beautifully rendered Crown Bar, beautifully rendered uh, Victoria Square Mm -hmm. and so forth. But they're actually launching, they're actually going to try a James Bond ongoing series and there there was a recent release that came out actually today called James Bond Origin, which reimagines him back in the uh, the forties, and it was very good. But this is going to be sort of premium full train Bond. Who, uh, uh, who
2: plays Bond in the comic? Which Bond is it? Do you know what's
0: interesting about? See if you look at the the variant covers. So the Mark Lemon cover, which who's going to be the main artist on it, that looks like uh, Timothy Dalton to me. The one by Raphael Albuquerque. That looks like Sean Connery to me. Mm. Um, Dave Johnson, I'd say that's more Connery esque as well. John Cassidy looks sort of more. It looks more like David Niven. You know that really bad Casino Royale mm, that he did.
1: Not canon,
0: right? Yeah, no, not canon. It's not canon, and never seen it ever again. It's not canon. So, yeah. Um, but what's interesting again? You know, we're talking about following writers. Who was writing Firefly? Greg yeah, pack. He's writing James Bond 007. Uh, really? And again, it's for a different company. This one's from Dynamite. So, uh, yeah, just a little blurb for this one The Odd Job Epic. So, straight away, you're invoking one of the greatest Bond villains. Uh, so, The Odd Job Epic begins in a new ongoing James Bond comic series by Greg Pack and Mark Lamming. Uh, Agent 007 tracks a smuggler into Singapore to secure a dangerous case, contents unknown. But a Korean mystery man wants the case as well for very different reasons. And if Bond and this new rival don't kill each other, the ruthless terrorist organization known as Oro will be more than happy to finish the job. I, I just love comics that are a little bit different. You know, give me a good spy thriller. You know, there was a great series recently called Velvet, which I really enjoyed. It was a female spy, but it was very Connery era mm. uh, Bondy, and I thought Brew Baker. Brew Baker was, Brubaker. Brubaker was yeah, the Brubaker. Winter Soldier team. Brew Baker. We're Steve talking Edited. about yeah.
1: possibly the single greatest
0: comic writer of all time.
2: Oh yes, yeah.
0: Uh, Grant, Grant Morrison's not wearing this. Dynamite's
1: <laughs> interesting. Dynamite do great with licenses. Yeah. yeah. You know they they've got a lot of different licenses in the go, and whenever you're talking about like and spy stuff, yeah, uh, that uh, mini series following up on the prisoner. mhm the British sci-fi series during Pat Magoon was fantastic as a like a spy series.
0: Yeah. Highly recommend you grab that one when it comes out and trade. You can get on board with that. Yeah, so that's pretty much brings to an end uh, all of our recommendations anyway. I mean the thing with the previews book, it's so big we could we've already talked for a couple hours as it is. Um if you went through the whole thing it'd take you days to be honest. So you can find more information, you can pick up the previews book. We always have it in store sitting at the counter. You're always more than welcome to come in you know grab a cup of coffee sit down for 20-25 minutes have a read through it see if anything you know um grabs you yeah i mean the, the whole reason we do this again i i go back to it. we want to try and make it as easy as possible and give people as many tools as possible to make it as easy to get into series and so forth um but i have to say i've, I've really enjoyed this sort of way of doing it because it's nice to hear different voices different viewpoints rather than just me you know reading stuff out to you and saying this is what you should read. Um, so yeah, unless there's anything anybody wants to add to the end, um, you know, Fizz, you all good? You, nothing to add? Oh, she's chilled out now. Really. No, she's, she's nothing to add to it. I mean, yeah, you, you flick through here, there's still so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking about Nathan Fillion, Doctor Horrible, Best mm-hmm. Friends Forever, Umbrella Cat, well, I recommended that last month, don't oh, worry. The uh, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> series deserves an honourable mention. Yeah, I must read the first issue of that. See, I, work, I wonder with Rick and Morty, does it work as well in comic form? It does. Because I'm the, so used
1: to the voice acting. They've got the voices and the dialogue. It right does have something there. to say. Um, yeah, that's
0: great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, cool. So as I say, we've probably taken up enough of your time and chatted uh, enough bullshit for long enough. Uh, oh, in fact, just one last thing. There's a John Wick action figure coming out that's bound to come out before John Wick issue three. <laughs> it even includes the dog. I mean who doesn't a want pencil. that it has a pencil I it think. does have a, it pencil. a pencil that's awesome uh, but anyway yeah we'll sign off so again I've been your host Alan I've been joined by Keith Kieran Stephen and very intermittently
2: Vicky
0: <laughs> cheers guys hope you enjoyed it and uh, see, hopefully see you in store soon see
2: ya bye, bye. <laughs>